Howdy, Tyler. <laughs> Howdy, Revan. <laughs> that was quite the welcome I got in this. What's uh, up? This fine here saloon. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. I know. It's feel. It feels weird almost to record. It's been like I don't think we've ever gone a two week like hiatus like that. We have, but it's just it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while for sure. But I feel refreshed. I feel. I feel like I've I've lived in the city a while, and now I'm coming back out to the west to get <laughs> get back to the real real life, the life on the frontier. I love that. I'm ready. The real to life that myself. is a video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Welcome geez. everyone to Red Dead Reflection Season Two. That's right, Season Two, in which we play the first game because we started with the second game. It's not that confusing though, because it's at least in chronological order. Yes, yeah. If you haven't listened to Red Dead Reflection Season 1, please stop listening to this and go listen to that. Well, just right now. No, no no buts. No, I'm just kidding. You can. I had a feeling you would rebuttal me. Uh, no, because we need to be able to say that we're going to spoil Red Dead 2 in this in this season. Yes. Of yes, course. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, go back and watch. And... But then again, if you don't care, you can just listen to whatever, you know. Same old, same old. Same old opening. <laughs> yeah. So, Brevin, today we have not played Red Dead 1 yet. No, um, yeah, no. We're just setting the groundwork. We're a bit of a refresher, probably just like a quick uh, little recap episode. We got some mail in the mail bag. Very nice. Um, mail, what's a Western f- mail spittoon? <laughs> My mail satchel. <laughs> mail satchel, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Brevin, first things first. What episode are we playing up to for this oh i was gonna say for the first episode i'm sorry yep i knew what you meant you know i gotta pick up the podcasting habits man (laughs) i'm out of touch i'm out of touch i know it does feel weird it's very odd i don't know so what mission are we gonna play up to yes for the for the first segment of red dead one so people can play along with us old swindler blues old swindler blues okay and i Um, spent some time deciding on how i wanted to work this out because you can't just look at a mission list for Red Dead Redemption 1 and be like, oh, I'm going to choose this one. Because it's not in order. It's literally, like, the one at least on the, the Red Dead wiki. It's laid out by who gives them the missions out. And they're not, you know, like, they're not literally give out, oh. given out by a character. So I had to look at, a like, a map of, like, all the missions and how you can, like, activate certain ones. And I literally <laughs> spent, like, 25 minutes, like, like, is this too far into the game? Like, is it going to be confusing for us to get to this mission? I think we can figure it out and not do missions. Like, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and that's it's funny that you mentioned that, because when I gave you that task of finding the next mission, I was like, oh, it'll take Brevin like two minutes before we start recording. <laughs> and now it's like you, you have a the bulletin, the cork board with all the dark... dark yeah, exactly. That's the, literally the what I had. I was yeah. like, what, what lines do I connect? <laughs> this makes sense. That's that's cool. Well, I'll, I'll leave that to you for this for this season, yeah. Brevin. That sounds yeah. fun. That sounds um, <laughs> maybe yeah hopefully yeah we'll see how it goes that's all there is to say about it um so please if you're interested to play along with us we'll be back next week same time wednesday ish is about uh our our cadence right yeah i like that yeah wednesday ish don't want to be perfect yeah yeah wild west wednesday there we go um so play up to that and we'll be spoiling up to that next week for the sake of this episode you know what? That does that does beg the question because we've been spoiling the first game. I was literally about to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, all That's throughout. A little tricky. So, 
We uh, Does it make a difference? You know, I think it's just useful to play up with us if you want to follow along with exactly what we're doing. But we're not going to do it for spoiler purposes. That we're makes probably going to spoil everything anyway. Yeah. Not everything, but the main beats. Of it. Yeah, the main, because I don't remember everything from this game. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I basically just remember the epilogue and that's it. So we'll leave it at, if you want to play along with us, play up to Old Swindler Blues, but be prepared for spoilers beyond that. Yes. As you play, please write in to our email, reddeadcast at gmail.com, with your thoughts, feelings, or whatever. Um, And we'll probably read it on the show, as we will with all of these lovely emails. We had a nice uh, couple week long break, and we got some good, excellent, I'd even say, content from our listeners. Brevin, are you ready to move on to the email segment? I'm ready. (laughs) He's ready. He's stretching. (sighs) So Nate writes in. I I believe Nate is a first-time writer. We actually have a few first-time writers today because I think people found the podcast while they were quarantining, which is really cool. So shout out to all of our uh, quarantine listeners. He writes in with some some nice kudos and wonders what we're doing next. And he even requests that we do a Red Dead 1 podcast. Wow. Well, me, I have very good news for you. <laughs> yeah. So he, did, he he after sending that email, followed up and said, oh, we are actually doing one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that. I just thought that was funny. I bet you as people listen through, they're going to be like, oh, you guys should do a Red Dead 1 podcast next without realizing that we are doing it. Um, thank you so much, Nate. He also he gives us a warning that Red Dead Revolver doesn't have a single player and is a bunch of multiplayer maps with different characters that you play as. But I looked it up and it does have a single player. I think okay. I think it's just he misremembers because a lot of people look back on Red Dead Revolver and say, "Oh, that's the funny like multiplayer game" because it had like the Golden Eye vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does have a single player, and I still darn I. What, what what should I say? Gosh gosh darn it. Gosh I still want to go back <laughs> and play Red Dead Revolver at some point. Maybe No, I think be... we should. I looked up how long it takes to beat, and it's like a seven-hour game. So, like, that's, that's like two episodes. It could be, like, one, one special or something. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, he does have a question. So, for, for an ex-Red Dead, what do you think of Landon Ricketts, whom you meet in Mexico in Red Dead 1? There's a theory that Landon might have crossed Dutch at some point, maybe even a Blackwater, and he's supposed to be a crazy killer gunslinger. All right, so first of all, we can't get into questions like these when I haven't played the game and don't remember who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue who that you don't, is. You don't remember Landon Ricketts at all? No, I do not. Oh, I haven't wow. played this game since like 2012, dude. That's incredible, because he, he's a fairly substantial character. Like, you meet him in, uh, yeah, you meet I'm him in Mexico. I'm excited to see like, all these major characters I don't remember. <laughs> he's this old gunslinger type, and I'm not sure if Nate is asking, do you think if he's asking whether or not we would play as Landon Ricketts or if he would come up in the prior game, I guess both. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be cool to play as, but I also get the impression that Landon Ricketts wasn't a gangster in the same sense that like John and Arthur were, and he was more just like the the actual gunslinger. Like, like the, a lone cowboy? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though. Maybe that's not true. Maybe there's more to Landon Ricketts than we realize. Um, I... I wonder. I want to know what this character looks like. I'm about to look him up. To like... He he looks like an old man with. I think he has long gray hair and a big bushy uh, handlebar mustache. Oh, I think I do remember him, but I don't remember anything about him. But I, I I do remember that being an important character. I think he he's basically the the guy who tutorializes you on the gun dueling. Um, gotcha. Like you do you do it before that point, but you, he teaches you like really how it works and stuff. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for your email, Nate. We'll keep an eye on Landon Ricketts as we play through the game. I don't thank think God we'll, you remember we'll, him. Yeah, I yeah I do remember <laughs> him. I well, like I said, I played it a few years ago. Um, I still don't really have that good of a memory of it either. But yeah, David from the UK writes in. David, he's a repeat list um, writer. He he always writes these awesome emails with like a bunch of different stuff um, that he wants to ask about. Do you remember Brevin? See now now this is gonna be even worse for us because we're gonna be like remember in that episode where we said and now it's oh, like God. yeah now it's an extra me. two weeks gap. So we had a conversation in the final episode of season one. I'm I'm gonna get so confused saying season one about Red Dead two and season two about <laughs> Red Dead one, but it's okay. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> that that is the motto of the podcast. So I I believe yeah we'll figure it out. David um, wrote in and he said Tyler now now are you more excited to get after Dutch and hunt him down after what you said in the last episode or something? Do you do you have any recollection of this? And and you and I were like, what did I say about Dutch that would have made me more mad at him if you don't remember the only thing i remember the only thing i remember about dutch that we talked about like a lot was the fact that there's a lot to still be said about dutch's past and like how unknown it is that's the one thing i i took from the final episode so that's in the final episode but he wrote he wrote in an email that we read on the final episode that was regarding an episode before that so i'm not gonna make you try to remember (laughs) that far back previn but um basically we were confused about why I would be mad at Dutch in particular when I've had a pretty, I don't want to say like indifferent perspective on him, but like I don't really hate him because I, I understand where he's coming from, even though hmm. he often does terrible actions. But he says, um, I'm literally at the point in this week's episode where you are responding to my question about you hating Dutch. I asked this question because in episode 18, you expressed anger towards Dutch for stepping on Arthur's hand as he was about to get the gun. You two then went on to add how it's all Dutch's fault, really, though his actions, through his actions as the leader. I then had a smaller addition to the thought, and this is cool, which blew my mind. If Dutch didn't step stand on Arthur's hand, Arthur would have killed Micah, meaning John never would have. And if John never killed Micah, then maybe the agents wouldn't have found him and he would have lived happily ever after. Isn't that something? So I just hate Dutch more now. So, that <laughs> I mean, that gives you a reason to hate Dutch more, but... I mean, even even thinking back on this, like, he stepped on Arthur's hand to to prevent Arthur from killing Micah, but to to Dutch's perspective, it's like stopping one, it's like stopping your brother from killing another brother. Like, <laughs> so they're yep, both. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's awful to say. Micah's like a brother to Dutch. Like Micah's. Awful. But he is. He did. A... He's known him for six months versus Arthur for like fifteen years, probably, or if not more probably more than that 20 i know i know so yeah i mean do i hate dutch i guess <laughs> i guess yeah, is my, it's there but but it's not like a fiery hatred where i'm like oh i can't wait to get this guy but we'll see i know he's like a total jerk to john in red dead one so i'm, I'm so curious excited to, to see how this. they portray him i'm, I'm really excited am. Um, he does follow up on his theory. He also, he's, he's the person who wrote in with a theory that Arthur might've killed his dad. Uh, he cites oh, the yeah, scene I do remember that. with a nun, with, with the nun on the park bench where, or the train station bench where Arthur says he watched his dad die. Uh, but now he puts forth the theory that Arthur's dad, Lyle was actually hanged for his crimes. And he cites 
the mugshot that that you see near Arthur's bed um, has the, it says that the crime was larceny, which is theft. Mm-hmm. Um, and after some research, he demonstrates that you could have actually been hanged for larceny back then. So maybe that's what it means by he saw a public execution of his dad for his oh, crimes. Yeah. And that would actually explain a lot about um, his character and his, and his perception of him, I think. Yeah, that totally so makes sense. So still unconfirmed, but a cool theory nonetheless. Um, he throws this little uh, little hypothetical at us because we said that, well, I'll just read it. If John killing Dutch in Red Dead 1 feels like killing a sick horse, what is Jack doing to Ross? So you and I gave the implication Ooh. that John killing Dutch in Red Dead 1 was like killing a sick horse or a yes. sick dog or something. Yep. Dutch is, Dutch was, I'm back to quoting David now. Dutch was still an active gang member. Ross is just a retired old man doing some fishing. So what does that say about Jack? That's a great question. That's like, I love that question. Um, it's, it's like revenge in its purest form. Like, I don't think there's even a, you can't like attribute it to something else because it's like, it didn't need to happen at all. It didn't solve anything. It didn't prevent anything. Hmm. It's just satisfaction. That's all it is. I love that you say that that is revenge in its purest form because, there, yeah, you're right. There's no consequence out of it that's good or, well, probably bad, I guess, if you, I don't know. There's, there's no consequence that's good because it's just satisfaction you're getting. That's all it is. Yeah, so that's not, that's not like killing a sick horse or anything. That's like... It's like killing something that already disappeared. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like shooting a dead body again. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't even know what the yeah there you go shooting a dead body again <laughs> or like a like a horse that escaped or something i i don't, I don't know what you would call it but i i do like that because that that i think makes john more justified because at least he's killing someone who's actively a threat to people and he's mm-hmm. doing good in that sense so hmm. I, I love that little uh, hypothetical to compare those two yeah that's good i like that Finally, he says, thanks for the podcast, guys. It really is only this week at work. I'm just realizing how much I enjoy this little gang we are forming in the community. The Thomases, Rhea, <laughs> Cody, Sketchy, and anyone else I've forgotten. And, of oh, course, I our like faithful that. leaders. Isn't that such a sweet little note? That is really nice. Um, I don't know about being referred to as a faithful leader. That's <laughs> <laughs> I prefer dictator. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go in the opposite direction. I don't want that pressure. I'm not leading nobody. Um I'm but I, I love that. I think he, I think it's true. We have our own little little Vanderlyn gang here um, with the <laughs> podcast. So we'll keep it going with season two. And I'm excited to have hear more about what people have to think, have to say about Red Dead One. Yes. Thank you so much for the emails, David. We love it. Thomas writes in the Thomas. Thomas. Well, yes. we have a couple Thomases now, but the original Thomas. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Hope you are doing well. So pull your boots up, boy, and get ready yes. for Red Dead Redemption. That's how we know we're back. We're we back. back, and we're ready for Red Dead Redemption, Thomas. Thank you for hyping us up, man. I that I, I got more energy just reading that. Like, oh, <laughs> great. Excellent. Your podcast is amazing to listen to. <laughs> oh, I love this. All the other podcasts I listen to are just nerds talking about stuff I don't care about. But you guys are two seemingly <laughs> normal people, and it's a lot easier to relate to you guys. Wow, I'm a nerd. Thank still. you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm quite the nerd, but um, hmm. no, I, I think what you're saying. I think it might be like we have a an approachable nature, which I would I think is fair mm-hmm. to say. Um, so thank you, Thomas. I like that little observation. Um, yes, thank you a lot. 
Yeah, and I'm glad we do talk about stuff that you care about. It's all about finding your niche, right? So he mentions a funny moment with a shopkeeper in Red Dead Undead, Undead Nightmare. Red Dead Undead Nightmare. Too many deads. <laughs> um, so I, I I would read that on the air, Thomas, but I'm, I'm going to save that for when we get to it. If we get to it. <laughs> ah, that's a new one. Uh, if we if, if we, we play Undead Nightmare eventually, because um, I think it, it's a very it's a, it's an interesting moment that I think speaks to um, Rockstar's portrayal of like racists and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. But I I think it, I, I'll I'll save it. That's all. Do I'll you save. have Undead Nightmare? Like do you? I do. Have I have the uh, Game of the Year edition on 360 that includes it. Yeah, whatever what it's to. called, so it's probably we already, not called. We're already all set up, so we'll probably do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I would love to do a Halloween theme, which I think seemed sort of absurd when we started in like Jan- December. That's fine. But we're now, at least one episode a month, right? <laughs> but it's May. It's May right now, so we are only four months away from October. So that's true. It's not. I mean, it's not unfeasible. Um, all right, so back to Thomas's email. You also talked about Bonnie and online. My guess for her is in both Red Dead 1 and 2, people talk about how her family lost their mother, and that's what they went. They went, they went on a trip at the start of Red Dead 1, and we see her on the train in, in Armadillo. Um, so he's, I think he's, what he's trying to say is that in Red Dead, she probably lost her mother in between the events of Red Dead 1 and 2, mm-hmm. 2 and 1, and then... When you see her, she's coming back from wherever she was, probably with the family. Um, I don't know. Does online take place after Red Dead 2? Not to cut you off. No, it's before. You haven't played online yet. I still haven't, no. And you could. I could. I just haven't. You know what I really spent a lot of time fooling around with was those mods. Like, there's so much fun. Oh, you know what? We can actually catch up on what what have you been playing lately. This is totally an aside. (laughs) but it is but because i have a lot i've played lately i haven't been at work for a while i just recently went back to work so i had a lot of time to play things in my library that i have way too many games in my library so i spent a lot of time i played like four different resident evil games all the way through you're on a kick i was i i I finally i've beaten them all now so like there's nothing to play anymore you've beaten every single resident evil game i beat so i'll tell you exactly what i played over break okay let's hear over my little vacation I played one HD remaster, played two remake, I played three remake, I played five through and co-op, I played six, one of the stories in six through and co-op, and I played seven through. Oh my gosh. And I'm guessing you are, you've, you, I know you've already played through four, so that's why you skipped Yeah, yeah, that's that, I right? skipped four, because I already played it fairly recently. Wait, what, isn't eight out? Is that not true? No, nah, seven's the newest. Uh, seven is the newest, series. and the most recent that's is the not two a remake. remake. 3 Remake is the newest. Did that already come out? Yeah. It came out oh like gosh. a year after 2 Remake. It's kind of crazy. That turnaround is insane. Yeah, I think they were having two different studios work on it. That's the only way I could feasibly make sense of how they managed to push that game out in a year. Something topical I want to talk about. I know we're in the middle of Thomas's email. So <laughs> um, G- GTA 5 is free on Epic Game Store right now. Yes, for one more day. I think it said that tomorrow is the end of the... Uh, so if, if you're listening to this, like, right after it comes out, it might still be there. But isn't yeah. that crazy? How much money did it cost EA to get that deal? Because they're not affiliated Epic. anyway. Epic. Yeah, Epic, it took... Dude, I don't even want to think. But, like, have you seen what their sale is right now? Like, like Epic's insane. Like, they're get, right now, there's... I think it's, like, the... Uh, 
might be like the anniversary sale or something. I don't know. They did it last year at this time. But you get a $10 off coupon for it. And you use it as many times as you want. And all you have to do is spend $14.99 to use it. So really? you can get you can get games that are fourteen ninety nine already on sale for fourteen ninety nine. So like I think Assassin's Creed Origins is fourteen ninety nine on sale, and you can get it for five bucks. That's insane. You can get Odyssey <laughs> for like nine bucks. Those are both like oh new games gosh. that came out in the last like year or two. I do want to play Odyssey. Uh, I don't know up. about supporting Epic Games though, man. It's you you can There's, so it's clearly a tell, sword, dude. That they are just trying to undercut the market and just draw people in. And they have all the money, so it doesn't matter. But listen, you want to, Albana, just to play, I, I, I agree with you mostly that it's annoying because I hate having games on two different things, but on two different, uh, you know, libraries, whatever you want to call them. Um, but it forces Steam to be a better company. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, the, I, that's the other side of that argument. I understand because Steam has I, made a lot of upgrades in the past two years or however long Epic's been around to their, their game store. They made a lot of like library upgrades. Library looks a lot better in Steam. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't think the refund thing came out right when Epic came out, but came out a little bit before. I think Steam's had better sales recently. It seems like Steam has much much better Linux op- inter- integration where you can actually mm-hmm. play Windows games on a Linux machine and it's it's essentially like streaming i think or and you don't need one no it's like an emulation i don't know what it is exactly but um yeah it's it's really cool i i tried it with the with the game and it doesn't really work well but i'm i'm on my laptop which isn't made for gaming anyway mm-hmm. um I, my concerns with epic are more about like their their financial holdings with like 10 cent and stuff that just like sketches me out mm-hmm. uh i don't know man I, like I, I definitely do go in and get the free games, and I think I might have even bought at least a game on there. I don't remember what it was. I think I bought two Outward. games so far. Yeah, I bought Control on it, which I still haven't played. I want to play that. Ooh, I want to play Control. I want to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I'm also like, do I want to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I? <laughs> it's so massive. It's it's a time sink, and I don't know if I would enjoy it all the way through and then if i if i only enjoy the first 12 hours then i'm gonna feel like unsatisfied by not completing it i don't know man i'm not gonna tell you how long that game is i looked up how long to beat it and it's it's very long please don't tell me thank yeah, you not i appreciate i appreciate that uh deliberate ignorance you've given me um <laughs> yeah i don't know so we'll, we'll get back to what i'm playing um yes what have you been playing i've I played something. What I, I know I know the game I just recently played, but I was also playing something else. What was I playing? Shoot. Well, what genre? What genre? Maybe we can brainstorm. We it's, it's, solve this. It's a <laughs> it's a black hole. I can't think of it. I, I'll have to check my Steam. What the heck? What was I playing before? I don't. You know what? I don't think I was. I think so. I moved in, during our break, and that is like yes. a lot of work. I feel like oh, I've. Yeah been so busy and i just haven't had any time to really do anything else besides you know move stuff clean things unpack order things doing all the fun unfun parts of moving yes i'm actually finally at a part where i'm tidied up and like i just living in the new place and not thinking about moving what's your Um, steam name i'm about to look right now can I say that on on a podcast? Oh yeah, you can't. You shouldn't really say that. All right, okay. that's, that's, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll move my mouth to indicate it. What is that? <laughs> lip 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 reading. 
don't know. Um, we'll never know what game you've played. <laughs> I might, but I'm I'm now now I'm coming around to think I I wasn't really playing anything. So oh, okay. m- the most recent game I've been playing though is Disco Elysium, ah, which is I think it actually won the Game of the Year award for VGA or something, and it, or if not Game of the Year, it won a bunch of accolades. Is that an indie game? Disco Elysium. Yeah, is it? Yes. Yes, for it's like definitely an indie game. I don't know why I, I sounded so unsure. Um, that's crazy. It might, an it indie might have game been winning. made by one guy. Um, oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, um, what's that game called? The farming game, the Pixel Farm Valley. Game. Yes, that game. That's what they're. Ma- I don't know if it was made. I, I'm second guessing that just because of how monumental. Uh, Either way, it doesn't have a big team, is, and but... it's an indie game, which is yes, crazy. and I'm and it won a lot of awards at. Did I say VGA? You did is that what say it's called? I I I video, yeah, video no. game awards. Yeah, video game awards. That I is what it's the called. game awards. Something. I knew what you meant. <laughs> the one with uh, Jeff Keeley, that one. Um and it's basically you're a detective and it's a it's a, it's almost like a point and click adventure game, but not really. It's more akin to an to an old school RPG like Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, except there's there's i don't i mean as as far as i know and i've played like 14 hours there's no combat it's it's all dialogue systems and skill checks and that's like a combat system like 14 hours into a game (laughs) just get introduced to so it's it's about how you're you're basically like a deadbeat cop and you're you're not very good at your job and you have amnesia because you drank too much um and you're it's one of these awesome games that explores just putting you in the shoes of someone who is so clearly not a hero. He's just got like all these problems and life issues. He doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't remember if he has children or a wife and he's just stumbling around and like saying embarrassing, awkward things to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I love it. I don't know. Uh, It's the writing is so smart. It, I feel like it was written just for me. Like I'm so compelled to read it and well play it see it's funny because it actually feels more like reading a book sometimes like an interactive because, like move or book yeah yeah it reminds me a little bit of like phoenix Wright games in that in that sense but there's still a good amount i love exploring the environments and interacting and trying to use objects and different things and stuff so yeah there you go disco elysium um you and i were just talking about potentially going back to our npc podcast after yes. after season two might be a contender brevin so don't play it I will not, for sure. Isn't it kind of expensive right now, too? It's a pretty new game, right? I don't remember. I think like I got it for bucks. 30 bucks. Yeah. It's normally 40 or 45 or something Yeah, like I figured. That. That's, I think that's why I didn't buy it, because I've heard of it, and then I looked at it last sale, and I think I was like, yeah, I'm not interested enough to buy it, but it looks really cool. Honestly, it seems so not up your alley, <laughs> like, based on the games that you play, so I'd be interested to see if, like... Huh. You'd be surprised. I'm pretty open to weird games. So, no, I, I'm not saying you wouldn't be open to playing it, but for you to organically come upon it and buy oh, yeah. it yourself, like it seems yeah. like a stretch for that. <sighs> All right. Anything else about modern gaming you want to discuss, Brevin? If you're gonna play a Resident Evil game and you haven't played it, there's two options. Play play seven if you want a modern feeling game. It's very good. And I enjoyed it a lot. And if you want to play the best Resident Evil game, in my opinion, play the HD remaster of one. It's- perfect it is Whoa. like literally it's better than four i feel like everyone's played four so i always forget about it like i forget okay. mentioning it. it's like everyone knows four is a good game and but like, you 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 just said it's, you've never it's my played second a Resident favorite Evil game before 
yeah, one or if fours. you've never played one play seven because it's the most modern one i feel like a lot of people would have issues going into four like if you weren't at all in tune with the series you'd be like these controls suck oh like if you made someone play metal gear solid three just yeah like exactly without like that, having yeah. any experience with metal gear solid franchise <laughs> or yeah yeah that would be pretty rough to put that was an mpc episode like if you haven't if you if you have any interest in hearing tyler play metal gear solid you should definitely listen to that it's hilarious all right anyway great to catch back up, to the, yes, we got back serious to business to attend to um anyway thomas he says i hope you're ready for red dead one because i'm going to be emailing you every step of the way stay inside stay healthy and stay happy my american friends thank you, you so too, much man. thomas yes you too well he's not our american friend but our canadian friend oh yes yes <sighs> Rhea. Rhea writes in. Rhea. Um, actually, she doesn't write in with a new email, but she refers to... Uh, in, in Remember that, that awesome like essay email she wrote in a while ago? Of course. It included some, some references to the epilogue of Red Dead 2 that I didn't want to read on, on the air because you hadn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. But now we are there. So... The thesis of the essay is basically this. If the bad people are those motivated by the pursuit of money who exploit and harm others for profit and only to their own benefit. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm totally butchering the sentence. <laughs> if the bad people are those motivated by the pursuit of money who exploit and harm others for profit and only to their own benefit, who sit at the top and yet contribute very little, then what is Dutch, his gang? So basically she's, she created an argument to say, you know, if we judge people in the Red Dead 2 universe by saying if you're, you know, exploiting people, using them as a means to an end just for your own personal gains and, and benefit, then you're a bad person. And mm-hmm. if we look at the gang and Dutch through that lens, then you'd say, oh, yeah, these are also bad people. Which I agree with. Which you agree with. Yeah. So she goes on to say, in the end, Arthur's understanding of Dutch, the gang, and the purpose of his existence come to, came to reflect this. He even said it to the Shalonians in an early mission to rescue Jamie, Mary's brother, mm-hmm. um, from the Shalonian cult. When they Is asked that what him, called Shalonians? I think so. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> when they asked him what the what the purpose of life was, Arthur's positive response is safety and meaning. It's what he tried to teach John before he dies. And we later see John really begin to understand this on a deeper level during the epilogue. So this is the part where I didn't want to spoil it um, for mm-hmm. you, but here we are. Without his family, John feels lost. His job, his income, his possessions don't have any meaning without Abigail and Jack. Time out. I forgot. We didn't say we're going to be spoiling Red Dead 2. <laughs> I think that's... Description, but yes. It's needless to say, but really, we're going to be spoiling Red Dead 2. If you are trying... Yeah. If you're trying we said to listen that at the beginning. This, didn't we say that at the beginning? I feel like I mentioned, we were... like, you should listen to the first one because we're going to we're gonna okay. be spoiling it. Yeah, we're covered. That would hold up covered. before. Yeah. You can't sue us <laughs> for spoilers. Man, that's exactly. a weird that's a weird dystopian concept, huh? Suing people for spoilers. I wish I could. I've gotten things spoiled on the internet. I wish I could bring them to court and, and show them what they've done to me. Wow, I want to write a... Well, I don't really want to write a novel, but if I were to, it would be about <laughs> spoil culture. All right. <laughs> oh, I gotta find where I left off now. Um, without, <laughs> Was it okay. worth it? Okay. <laughs> Without his family, John feels lost. His job, his income, his possessions don't have any meaning without Abigail and Jack. His friendship with Charles and uncle feels more meaningful. 
They help him build a house without demanding anything in return, a stark contrast to life with Dutch, who demanded everything and gave very little. John and Charles risk their own lives to rescue Uncle from the Skinners, even though they could easily choose to do nothing. Sadie helps him make a little legal money, a little legal money, excuse me, Mm -hmm. to pay his debts, and ultimately helps him take out Micah, which, although a revenge mission, does feel like a moral balancing of the scales, as Micah is an objectively evil man. Which he is, I agree. Okay. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, well... (laughs) No, no, I agree. Your relationships with the other characters overall feel more rewarding than they did when your only common bond with them was Dutch, money, and crime. The epilogue treats money more as a means of physical survival and economic security, but not as a means of happiness and freedom. Ooh, I ooh, that is a good yeah. I like I completely agree with that last line. Yeah, that is like I never even put that together. Yeah, money is like so meaningless in the final act of the game because like I mean I know actually when I tried to remake my outfit, it constantly kept switching my outfit back to the original. So like, there's no point in wasting money on the outfit. At least that was oh, happening. Funny. <laughs> You're thinking of like a gameplay perspective, yeah. Even yeah, even that way, it's literally so meaningless. And you have all these guns. Like, you don't need anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I think Rhea hits the nail on the head here. I never considered the, like, the, not not necessarily structure, but the theme of all the missions after, in the epilogue. None of them are really, like, morally bad. Everything John does, Mm -hmm. even if he's going after the enemy ranch, like, it's to protect the weaker ranch from getting... Mm -hmm steamrolled by them so yeah do you have any more thoughts there i think the only thing you could say that's debatably bad is when if you choose to hang the guy if you choose to you know hang what i'm talking him. about yeah i think that's uh, like this the is only Micah's thing that... friend it's like the rat-faced guy yeah 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 and strawberry i think that's like the only thing you could debate and I, even then you could debate it's not because of history but i don't know it kind of is bad and it's a it's a heated moment a small part of a mission that's not the mission right yeah 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 it's not the big picture and and sadie would have killed him anyway so (laughs) he's he's done (laughs) yeah there was no way out for that guy um yeah i don't know that's interesting i think i think even with that all of this all of the conscious decisions that people make are elevated above dutch and his own actions that's for sure yeah i was just reading a article that someone shared um at at work on the on the channel um Mm -hmm. chat chat channel it was about oh what was it it wasn't about no it was about emotional intelligence and it was saying um we often think of our mind as like a a whole object that makes decisions for us and Mm -hmm. is like intelligent but it said you should actually think of your mind as a person riding an elephant where the elephant is all of your base needs and desires and actions and like your autopilot mode. And the person riding it is your cognitive thinking and decision making and like your heightened level of intelligence. Um, the idea being that you're not always making cognitive decisions to do things. And I think if we take that lens and look at someone like dutch it actually makes a lot of sense because in the moments where like where he walks away from the money 
he's using that higher reasoning. He's thinking back to Arthur. He's thinking of morals. Mm-hmm. But when he's on in the day-to-day of the Red Dead 2 campaign, he's not really doing that. He's just chasing money yep. and freedom and whatever it is that he finds valuable in the moment. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that, I don't even have anything to add to that. Dutch is, like, constantly on autopilot, basically, throughout Red Dead 2, it feels like. He's just... We need more money. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Final final note from Rhea. Um, shower thought. Arthur is like author as an author of your own narrative. I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. that is. It, it was confusing at first, and then it made sense after it sat for a tiny bit. But I like and it. He, he loves his uh, journaling, so he literally does. an author. <sighs> How do you feel about how do you feel about attributing symbolic meaning to names in fiction? I feel you're, like it can be a stretch. You're, you're doing a, lot. a shaking your head thing, like yeah. side to side. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I feel like if I was a writer, I would choose someone to have a name for a specific reason. Like you're not just gonna throw oh his name's Billy, but well, see, I if if well, I some were characters a writer, I would pick a name that would feel right and. When it's a name that feels right, it doesn't necessarily have symbolic meaning. It's just, like, cultural association and, like, the mm-hmm. gut instinct. Um, and I think Arthur Morgan, like, the hard R sounds and, like, I mean, it just it, it just sounds like a tough cowboy name. and yeah. tough and solid. And also, there's a warmth to it with Arthur. It makes me think mm-hmm. of Arthur the Aardvark. <laughs> hey, what a wonderful time of day. Um now what do you think when you hear John Marston? Yeah, Marston is a little bit grittier. Um John's a tough name in my opinion. That sounds tough if I think of a John. It's just But it's also common. It's really common. It is, yeah, it's a super common name. And then Marston I feel like it reeks cowboy too. Marston like, almost it almost sounds like a word to describe John's voice. Yeah, that's <laughs> like what, it's gravelly yeah. and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I don't know that you can say maybe someone could find something to do with. Oh, maybe it's like a, an association to the word martyr, if you think of his fate. Oh. But my problem is, I think names are too simple. Where you can just say, "Oh, this bit is symbolic of this." With yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go on a rant about. Yeah, names, I'll, I'll keep doing my head shake back yeah, and forth. Yeah, do your head shake. Opinion. and That's, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Brevin. And thank you, Rhea, for the emails, as always. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say about Red Dead 1 as we get into it. Um, Purple writes in. Uh, Purple writes in uh, with excellent practical advice about Dark Souls and how we could do a podcast <laughs> around it. Why are you laughing, bro? I'm laughing because I just didn't expect that at all. <laughs> Writes in with perfectly reasonable walkthroughs for Dark Souls. So <laughs> it's not out of the blue. We did mention this. As yeah, a we did. I just wasn't expecting it. I'm sorry. No, I'm but, not trying to be rude. I think it's funny. no, no, no. I don't. I don't think you're coming across as rude either. But I, I just wanted. I, I'm not going to read it verbatim because we're not doing that right now. But I'm definitely going to keep this in mind if we do come back to doing Dark Souls because I think that is definitely something that's ripe for this type of book club podcast um oh yeah for sure he does affirm what i was saying about how it's not necessarily like a very obvious story where things happen it's more you pick it up it's more atmospheric i think um yeah i think that would be really interesting i think i think it's a fun it's a fun game where 
the the reaction to it is almost as fun as the game itself if we get stuck on a boss for example mm-hmm. um yeah i'm thinking so th- about it more um <laughs> like i imagine when i play through red dead 2 and when i play through the story at least for red dead 1 i'm gonna sit alone and just play the game and like i feel like dark souls i would get so frustrated doing that because like i don't it would just be playing a game and dying constantly <laughs> and not having anyone to like talk to about my frustration except when we get to the podcast but in that moment i just be like this is awful like Again, like, I don't know. need it's I remind you of what you made me do with Metal Gear Solid 3? That's I'll just, true. I'll just say that, oh, man. man. Those boss fights? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> it's good content, though. Thank you, Purple. We'll definitely fun. keep it in, in mind. Yeah, uh, sure. Hope you're doing well out there. <sighs> Joshua writes in. I believe this is a first-time writer as well. Oh, I think I have a motorcycle going by cool yep, that's, a, that's joshua's call sign <laughs> <laughs> what if we had little sound effects for everyone who wrote in <laughs> all right that's how so, <laughs> last episode you guys were debating on the subject if john is smart or not and his actions and consequences of the story well i would like to let you guys know that i am team hashtag smart john <laughs> And I have some good pointers for this. My biggest reason is because John's work ethic. Throughout the story, when you are playing as Arthur, most of John's missions are based around doing some sort of good and honest work. Actually, this is sort of back to what we were just saying, such as herding and selling cattle or selling horses. I feel like when you do a John mission, you guys are just working. He says working, quote unquote. In Rhodes, you find him and Charles often repairing and working on the wagons at camp. And they even have a conversation about their genuine like for work. I'd imagine at some point in John's life, he came to the realization that doing honest work and jobs would be a safer choice for his family and his gradual change to become that kind of a man. That kind of man... Sorry. No, it's no problem. His gradual change to become that kind of man was the reason he had such a good life towards the end. Um, This is so interesting because he's making the argument for smart John, but I feel like he's citing behavioral things that don't necessarily need intelligence like Like being a hard worker yeah or enjoying or having good work ethic um i'm what side was i do you do i i don't even know were we both being like dumb john (laughs) i think it's i think it's like i don't know i think i'm team simple john i don't want to say he's dumb because he's not dumb but he does not think too far ahead i'd say that's very in the moment yes yes um which is probably the antithesis of someone like dutch well maybe not although can you make that argument that he doesn't think ahead but then he works at a job for like three months to make a house and like that's thinking ahead right there (sighs) that's tricky but is is it thinking ahead to to walk into a bank and just be like loan please and just (laughs) i I don't what are you expecting to go on google in the 18 like 90s uh, well, <laughs> how to get how to get loan? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I I think um, the that that three months of working isn't a hard plan that John is executing. I think it is John in his purest form, simply living, and and in doing that, he f- he succeeds in getting set up for a loan. I don't I don't view it as like a shrewd calculated move where he's like oh yes i will simply work for the rancher for three months and then i will they ate a chalkboard with a bunch yeah. of lines everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's that i think i think he's very in touch with um labor and 
I think John is a big fan of the simplicity of labor and producing things because it doesn't have the moral gray of his quote-unquote work with the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably tired of that. I also get a sense from John that he has the a bit of Bill Williamson people-pleaser. Um, <clears throat> not Not nearly as severe and certainly more subtle, but I think he... By people pleaser, you mean like they just do what other people say to like make him happy. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, I think he's very okay. in tune with what people think of him, um, which actually, in hindsight, would probably make the whole leaving the gang and coming back very difficult for him. But um, yeah, like like you can tell that he sort of stands up straighter around Bonnie and mm-hmm. and has has an, has a acute awareness of how he's being presented around people. Yeah, um, which is probably something he has over Arthur. Actually, I'd say I don't know. Arthur's I don't know. Arthur's very worldly. Um, you know, I think that might lend to why John is so awkward when you first start playing as him at the beginning of the epilogue in Red Dead Two. Like when you get to that first cutscene of him in the general store trying to get a job. And yeah, it's like <laughs> he's like so over aware of like how he's acting, like that he's like overthinking everything. Yeah, that's funny. Maybe maybe John is someone who's high in emotional intelligence. But he, at the same time, though, he's so terrible at expressing his emotions. It's, it's odd. He's, he's, a, <laughs> he's an enigma, John. I hope we learn more about him through his actions. That I want to I wanna dedicate some time with our reactions to the missions to just honing in on John and saying, what is going on inside of that man? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, Joshua, I think I'm I'm leaning towards hashtag Smart John. I don't know. I I don't have many reasons to think he's dumb. So like, I mean, there's a few, but like, it's not like oh, he's just dumb. Like straight. Yeah, up. it it would be more foolish if anything. Yeah, uh, which I feel like I'm pretty foolish sometimes as well. So I can relate to that. It can be. It's good to be a fool. It's good to right? be a fool. <laughs> Is that yeah, sure? Put that on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Joshua continues. Also, you guys talked about what locations in game are based off of real-life location. locations. As someone who lives in Montana, I can guarantee you they had someone from Rockstar come up here and scout our locations and, and for inspirations from the game. It was such a beautiful moment when I was riding around the Grizzlies West area for the first time when it felt like I've seen this before. There's even a small town about a half an hour, an hour and a half um, from where I live called Red Lodge, and it's basically Strawberry. It's a small town so next cool. to a river in forests and mountains. The resemblance between the locations and the game is uncanny and kind of surreal. That's and all I can say is I am beyond jealous that you live in a in a place as beautiful as Red Dead 2. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's astounding. What is it, Montana? Oh, I would love to just visit Montana. Yeah. I... I struggle with that because I, I I'll see like Arizona or something and be like oh my gosh it's like so gorgeous like everywhere you look and then I'm thinking well where we live Brevin like there's just beautiful trees of different colors all over the place dense mm-hmm. forests and like it's it's still beautiful certainly it's just we're used to it you and... know what it is though it, it's it's not grand like when I think of Montana I think of like grand views because like you've got mountains you've got it's not grand where we live. It's the just it's beautiful. Yeah, mm. exactly. The mm. world feels so much bigger because you're not limited in your view. Uh, well, at least depending on where you are. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I hope to visit you. Well, <laughs> not visit you specifically, <laughs> Joshua. That might be coming on that too is, strong. But right. <laughs> visit uh, Montana someday, and we can we can take a look at this place and see uh, see if see if it really does look like straw. I mean, I believe you for for sure. I wonder I wonder if it is scouted or if it's just like serendipitous that you happen to live near a place that looks very similar to Strawberry. Um, I know for sure they do scout. Um, their locations out like i know when they did los santos for gta i know they did they scouted yeah and it could also be the case where someone high up or maybe not like lived near there or spent Mm -hmm. time there and they're like oh this is exactly the place i want to embody um or it could even be another thing where like a western movie based a location off of that town and then someone at rockstar watched that western movie and then took that and Mm -hmm. based it off of the representation in the western movie who knows like the game of telephone with the locations <laughs> thank you so much for the email joshua yes, we you. appreciate it um and for listening of course brad writes in brad says that red dead 2 is about 12 years before the events of red dead 1 so that's very helpful that settles it for us All right. um i think it might be like that's counting the epilogue it must be counting the epilogue right yeah well i was gonna say the meat of the game is like 12 years before and then the epilogue oh, yeah, yeah. is 10 years before that might because it's it's a two-year difference right between the epilogue and how old is jack in red dead one he's oh. pretty he's he's I'm, like like 12 five? years old he's he's like 12 years old in red no he's not he's not five in red dead oh and red dead no one way. i'm sorry no yeah, he's, he's like, like five... 16 in red dead yes. one yeah, I guess that makes no. That does. Yeah, that makes sense then. He might I'm be seventeen to... if it is actually twelve years. Yeah, I don't know. He's definitely older. He's like a. He's like above a teenager. Fifteen teenager plus <laughs> above a teenager. Yeah. Anyway, um, he says also Red Dead Revolver is part of the Red Dead world. I remember an online for Red Dead One. You could play as Red, as Red Dead Revolver characters. Uh, keep up the good work. I enjoy. I've enjoyed what you guys are doing. Thank you so much, Brad. I don't know that yes, being you. Does that able... make that lore? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because, see, the, this is why we need to play Red Dead Revolver, man. I want to... I have no idea what it's about. And I just want to... Because I remember people saying that it has, like, supernatural aspects. So... Yeah. I hope it is. I hope it is part of the same world. But I know that when they announced Red Dead Redemption, they weren't branding it like a sequel to Red Dead Revolver obviously mm-hmm. so i don't know it's it, it's almost like not even affiliated except for by name so i'm curious to find out i know that people mention red i think just like random npcs will have canned dialogue about him in red dead 2 but huh, huh. Um, yeah we should yeah maybe we'll play <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll yeah. play red dead maybe we'll play it maybe All right, thank you so much for the email, Brad. Sierra writes in, first-time writer. This is a... I pretty much have her whole email because I love all of it. Thank you, Sierra. So buckle up, pull your your bootstraps up, Brevin. All right. They're too high right now. They're too high? Well, don't lower them. Pull them up higher. (laughs) Hello, Tyler and Brevin. What an excellent podcast you have created. I could have easily binged them all in a weekend, but chose to restrain myself because I'm only in chapter four of the game. So episode 10 of your cast. I want to I wanted to write in my appreciation as soon, uh, soon as I see you are in the final episode of the game. 
Please find a way to continue podcasting together in a way that you can discuss morality, philosophy, and take a stab at geology and anthropology <laughs> um, <laughs> of race, as you have been doing. Your tangents are the best part. Thank you. See, I think I included this just because she says our tangents are the best part. I that feel, was the only reason. You I feel, feel vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the idea of taking a stab at geology. Isn't like geology is like rocks and stuff, right? That's not. That's not. Hold on. Hold on. No, geo- okay, geography is the is land, and geology is rocks. Yes, geology is sedimentary, metamorphic, and the other one. <laughs> Igneous. Igneous, right? there you go. Okay. That's right. Uh, that's all I know about geology. We're basically a geologist. We take both our intelligence See, together. we take... <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sierra. We've taken a stab at geology now. There you go. <laughs> so, Sierra has an email that's very um, focused on race representation in red dead 2 which is actually something we requested in the last episode i think was maybe not outright but we did, we talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. For sure. um okay let me see oh this actually is unrelated to that i sort of jumped the gun but i know you are considering a playthrough of rdr the 2009 version which would be awesome i was also thinking that the witcher series would lend itself to an interesting reflection podcast because it actually takes your moral decisions into account and gives you a different game based on your choices I wish there were more there there were more choices in either of the Red Dead Redemption games that would allow the player to customize their gameplay, even if it is as simple as picking a stealth route for a mission that the rest of the gang doesn't see. Brevin, so a few things. How would mm-hmm. you feel about doing a Witcher reflection podcast? So I've never played it, um, so I'd ha- it would be more of a reaction. I think than a reflection. Unless we did it, unless we pl- that's a long game to play like completely through and <laughs> dedicate like one episode to. I That's will say tricky. we... Oh, to dedicate one episode to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would probably end up being about as long as Red Dead Reflection Season 1 because yeah, the games are comparable. Oh, it's probably even longer, though. It has to be, right? It's like over 100 hours if you're actually doing side quests. Oh, that I forgot how long that game was. I yeah, just remember like it was a, like... That's a full-fledged RPG. Skellige and... Oh, my gosh. That have game you is incredible. Yes. You have. Okay. I've beaten it. I've beaten all the DLC. It's just... I I'm sad that you haven't played it, Brevin. But it's so I large. Too. That's the funniest part. Yeah, I couldn't even. I can't even ask you to play it because it's so massive. But I, you know what? Yeah, you should play it. I take it back. I'm, I'm asking you to play it. I'm asking yeah. you. So that, that and I I love the mention of how your choices affect things. It it does an excellent job of like messing with player agency and assumption where you'll stumble upon a quest where it'll be like oh um ugh, i don't want to i don't want to try to invent an example right now but basically you'll <laughs> you'll do what what you would assume would be like the good thing to do and then it turns out that has a way worse outcome than the bad or worse decision yeah. so it does a lot to mess with uh, like how much you really can affect and everything like that how do you feel brevin about red dead and it not giving players as much impact on the environment and outcome on the events of the game so you mean like current red dead is what you're saying like where it's it's a very linear story yeah i like it i like linear games I'm, i can't say that like i love choice in games too but sometimes it's weird because like it makes me worry that i'm miss that i'm doing the wrong thing a lot of the time when I when the games give you a lot of choice, which I can't say that that like stresses me out because I 
played Fallout 3 and I played Skyrim, and there's obviously a lot of choice in how you can be, but I guess you kind of choose, like, one side when you play that game. You're either usually a good or a bad person. It's much more, it's much less, like, impactful, you know what I mean? I'd say it's it's so systematic in those games that even if you choose one side, you're like, I can pretty much assume what the other side would be, you know? Like, yeah. oh, if I sided with the Stormcloaks, I would be fighting along Stormcloaks instead of fighting along the empire and yeah yeah you know based on bethesda's game design that they're not really drastically changing the mission structure Mm -hmm. i mean it yeah that's a perfect example because every mission is the same right there's yeah it's just what side you're fighting for they yeah um were you in the middle of it yeah it stresses me out in games where the the choices i'm not saying i'm not saying like i think it's a bad thing but it stresses me out when games make decisions like super impactful because then you you have the fomo that's what it is Mm -hmm. fear of missing out where you're not comfortable you're like ah should i reload and see like do i actually have the better version and then oh i need to rush through now so i can play through it again and get the different version but you never really do that so all you're really Mm -hmm. doing is tainting the experience you have yeah it's a really it's a really um tricky territory to to go into yeah, it's, it is tricky. I think another thing that you want to consider is the Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption games are so focused on the character development of the main character and the arc that mm. they follow. And like the choices, and I, I would even say Red Dead 1 does not do a good job with this anyway, but in Red Dead, well, you know what? We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm just forgetting. But Red Dead 2, it's very much about the the goodness of arthur and his mm-hmm. own personal redemption and that is where your choices impact it um so if on top of that layer they also added like you can choose to you know help help the native americans take over this town or help the town kill all the native americans or something like mm-hmm. that's a very extreme environmental decision that would probably muddy the waters with mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. And, and character every... decision too. Like that would like muddy what the character even is at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something though that works well in something like The Witcher because the character in that game, Geralt, is very <sighs> he's cold. Like he he's basically a vessel for the story to be told, where he's an he's an actor, but he's not like He's not someone where you're you're thinking like, oh man, like, how's Ger- how's Geralt doing? What's he thinking about this? Like, no, you you have you know who Geralt is already, and it's all about his experience of what's going on around him, and it sets mm-hmm. up more of a focus on plot and quests than it does on the character himself. I think that's the difference right there is that character driven games it's difficult to do that with and make it still seem cohesive. But if you have a game that's really story driven, it's it's easier to do for sure. Where yeah. the focus is on the what's going on in the environment rather than what the character's truly thinking. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. It'll be interesting to see if they add anything like that in the next Red Dead game though. I don't know. Because they Hmm. You'd think they would want to add some sort of evolution, which I think is a trap that a lot of developers fall into, like Fallout 4 with the base building and oh. <laughs> like just adding stuff for the sake of saying, we have a new feature. But, and we actually have gone on on about this, but Red Dead mm-hmm. 2 doesn't have that, does it? Like, no. what is the new cool feature? It's the, nothing. The, it's all just... the same guns. Like, yep. yeah. The audacity to do Don't that is just incredible. Don't fix what ain't broke. Yeah. 
So impressive. Okay, moving on, <laughs> because we actually have a lot left of her email. Um, <laughs> one thing that keeps hitting me is that this game seems to lack some diversity that is typically present in the West. Tyler, in an earlier episode, maybe nine, you were asking what the politically correct terminology for Native American people is. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Finally, we're going to get some uh, authority on this. As with much of the terminology of race, I would say you generally have to be in it to have earned the use, to, use of the word Indian, meaning it's better if you call yourself one. Many indigenous people prefer, pref, excuse me, prefer the term First Nations people, but it would also be considered respectful to say Native American or Native people, which brings mm-hmm. me to the probably somewhat controversial point that Rockstar has twice made the West much whiter than it actually is. I believe Lenny t- touches briefly on the acceptance of diversity in the West in an early mission with Arthur when Lenny says something like, when you're out, the, out in the West, you are who you are. It's different here in the South. In the South, she adds with brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, having, having lived in the West for much of my life, I can say diversity is the rule and not the exception. For example, in New Mexico... In- <clears throat> I gotta slow down. Hold on. Gee, let me just Zoom take a breath. <sighs> Deep breaths. Be mindful. Good old ASMR. Live in the moment. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Having lived in the West for much of my life, I can say that diversity is the rule and not the exception. For example, in New Mexico, the Spanish couldn't figure out how to conquer some of the communities because the indigenous and Europeans... Um, all, all intermarried so quickly they no longer knew who to fight. Citation needed. That's super interesting. But, like, is that is that true, Sierra? That's crazy. That's, like, to, actually insane. Yeah, To what? think that, that like, like crazy. they show up and they're like, all right, we're going to take over the indigenous people. And they're like, oh, you mean my wife? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> 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 uh, like, sorry. No, thank you, Spanish. That's great. I, oh, I, that, I, I want to read more about that. That's awesome. Um, diversity is our jam out west. In contrast with Red Dead Redemption One, there was only one one brief mission or two with a rogue native group, and none of the characters became permanent fixtures of the game. In fact, didn't we shoot them all in the mountains or something? <laughs> like, oh, that's that's the memory. I don't remember um, I don't honestly remember what happened with Native Americans in Red Dead One. Uh, so she says, "I'm I am the only I, I am only in Chapter Four of Red Dead Two. But already I'm wondering, did they do it again? Why are there no native people except Charles? Maybe. (laughs) The maybe, I guess, because he's half native. I don't know. Um, Even Javier, in my mind, one of the most interesting characters in the game has been playing the second fiddle so far or just flat out playing guitar by the fire all day. Yeah, he just runs backseat all game. Um, All right, one more paragraph about this. And I think you're probably chomping at the bit to bring up the obvious thing that, yes, there are Native Americans in the game, but... We'll get there. <laughs> Native Americans have always been a part of the West, whether poorly represented in an early film wearing the wrong traditional outfits or maintaining the land, culture, and government of their homeland by intermingling with settlers. Red Dead 2 is sort of made bland by excluding them in a way that are not that they are not usually excluded. Even if the storyline comes in after Chapter 4, it still feels too late to me, which waters down a rich diversity of plot material. So, Sierra... They do come into play after chapter four in a, I think, very significant way. I mean, basically, basically their struggles are the focus after the return from, uh, not Tahiti, uh, Guarma. (laughs) We wish. (laughs) We wish, yeah. Um, 
So I'm so fascinated to hear about how you feel they're portrayed afterwards. And if you think that it, because you even say in this email, even if they're in, come in after chapter four, it feels too late. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I want to talk about is it seems like you, you've, you talk about how the West should, is actually more diverse and there's more, there should be more representation of Native Americans in the West. But even in your email, you say they're actually not really in the West at this point. They're in the South, right? And it's pretty much settled. Like there's no, that's sort of the whole point of them saying, I want to get more out West and everything. So I could, I I don't know how historically accurate it is, but it feels more believable that there be more white representation where they are. Um, if that is, I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying, Brevin? I know what you're saying. I just don't know enough about history to even feel like I can contribute to this at all. Like, I don't know. It could it could be completely off, but it's just what I know from movies. It feels like it's the way it should be. I don't know. That's, that might be terrible. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean isn't that sort of messed up that we we can't really talk about this game as if it's like a bi not biographical but like a historical game even though it takes place in a point in history because it really it takes place in a made-up interpretation of history that we have been telling ourselves over and over again like like it's basically folklore Mm -hmm. um so yeah, it doesn't. When I play the game, it doesn't feel weird where I go into town and I see a bunch of white people and I think, oh, this isn't right, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that because, yeah, if there is a justification, I would say that it's because they're in the more settled South and they're not really on the frontier in the West. Um, anything else to say there, Brevin? I've you know I've never really thought about racial diversity and like just random in general pop like in the general civilians in games like now that I'm thinking about GTA Five like if I walk through Los Santos like how many different races am I gonna see? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I almost want to like take like a like a tally. Do a see. survey. Yeah. Do a survey. Do a a census for Los Santos. You probably get like the spawn rate of different characters. I don't know. Oh, that's like, so how, weird. Like that's imagine being a programmer developing and being like, we need this amount of this people. Like that is weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, they probably have to be careful about like their inner office communications and be like, <laughs> I don't even want to say. <laughs> no, that's but... what I mean. It's like really yeah. weird territory. <laughs> yeah, tricky, tricky. Um, huh. That's fascinating, huh? Yeah. So. I feel like in the end they they came through and I think they did native people justice but I don't know like I is it just me eating up the simplified narrative where I'm like oh yes I mean, the dude. struggles of the native american people I get it I understand it's like no I don't really understand I'm a I'm a white guy in 2020 playing a video <laughs> game with my time like I don't know man I don't know man yeah it's 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 weird when you think about it like that, like questioning that type of stuff. But it's it's good. You should should be questioned for sure. Yes, I think to its credit, it's it's at the very least thought provoking. And if it promotes critical thinking and doesn't just put people up as you know cardboard cutouts of cultures, then they're at least doing some good. Mm-hmm. So please write in again, Sierra. You know the email, but I'll say it anyway, reddeadcast@gmail.com with your thoughts after you catch up and 
I want to hear what you what you yeah. think about it, and anyone I'd else for it. that matter. Um, I just think it's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I don't, nothing more to, to say there. Thank you so much for the email, Sierra. We love Thank it. Thank you. Brian from Minnesota, another big M state. So I beat it last night. The first thing I did in chapter two was go back up into the mountains and get the White Arabian, which is an awesome horse. Her name was Sister Ali, named after Brother Ali, the albino rapper who happens to be Muslim from my home state of Minnesota. If you have not checked him out, give him a listen. I haven't given him a listen. What's his name? Um, Brother Ali. Brother Ali. Oh. So maybe I will. I don't know. I uh, put it in listeners. Notes, why not? Give him. Give him a listen. Anyway, when Sister Ali died, I panicked and immediately loaded my last save, which had occurred over an hour prior. I had to replay an hour of gameplay only to find out that that was part of it. I guess I was in denial of Irish That is, that is unfortunate. <laughs> Isn't that so? He got to the cutscene where the yeah. horse died, and he thought, "Oh no, what did I do wrong?" Oh, my heart goes out to you, Brian, because that is yeah, just that is... so traumatic. Oh. The thing is, too, you must have stopped, like, immediately right there. Because you wouldn't, you you had to have not seen that Arthur was going to die that time. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's tough. And that was one of my cr- criticisms about this game is you get, and it's sort of like what you're just talking about with, like, the fear of missing out, where you mm-hmm. don't understand. Rockstar doesn't tell you how much of your choices matter and how much you, like, like it, it, you you can get that far into the game and still think, oh, if I do this a certain way, my horse might die where it otherwise wouldn't, mm-hmm. and you're still thinking, oh, maybe Arthur will survive, you know. So, it, it, I don't know. I mean, there's no solution to that. It just sort of is. But yeah, that is too bad. That is too bad. <laughs> um, he says I started the game when lock when lockdown started, so I've been playing up until up until the episode and then listening to y'all. Brian, oh, and now this is not a quote anymore. This is me writing. He has a son who is a junior in college, and he says, you two goofballs kind of remind me of him. <laughs> I thought that was sort of sweet. <laughs> That's uh, um, is there a way to see, so he asks, um, is there a way to see how many hours you've played this game? And Brevin, you've done research about this, haven't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't. I don't think it's a thing. And I think unfortunately, you can. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's. I know at least, like, if you have, okay, so there's a, there's a few things. Depends on what you're playing on. I think Xbox, you can check how long you've played games for. I know you can on Steam. Epic, I know you can. But if you have the game through Rockstar Launcher, you cannot check. You can't check in-game, and you can't check on Rockstar Launcher. Yeah, I was going to say, natively in the game, like, nor, I'm pretty sure other Rockstar games would show it in the save yeah. file. Yeah, there's a well, there's a huge stats op stats thing in Red Dead One, I think, and like GTA Four and Five, and that's like weirdly gone from this game, where it shows like how many people have you killed, how many horses have you stolen, things like that. It's just not in this game. It's a weird omission. I mean, you have to assume that that is a like design decision where they say, oh, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, belittle the experience with putting numbers on how many people you killed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is, I mean, if anything, tell me how long I played, please. Like, that does bother me. So, yeah, Brian, if you have any of those platforms that Brevin suggested, maybe And probably PS4 you can, too. I'm just not 100% sure. But I'm assuming they probably keep track of it. Yeah. Um, We mentioned about whether or not sickness has been brought up in games. He, he He brings up Fallout 4, 
where you get the mole rat disease permanently if you cure a little boy instead of yourself while you are finding Curie. Have you played Fallout 4? I, I don't know the entire story of Fallout 4 still. Um, I gave up on it, and I never spoiled it for myself somehow, because I just never looked up anything about it. <laughs> this actually isn't main story. This is a side quest where mm. you're getting a companion. I'm almost certain it's not main story. I think you can just totally miss this. Either way, it doesn't seem that big. Um, yeah, so mo- that's that's interesting. It's actually like a, a perk. I think it's a negative perk. I don't remember what it does. Mm-hmm. Um Definitely not as severe and impactful to the game as Arthur's tuberculosis, I'd say. Yeah, I was going to say, does that really change the game? Is, or is it just a perk that, oh, I have minus one endurance now for the no, rest of the yeah. game? I, it probably is something like that. But yeah. I, I think I, I enjoy the mechanic in, in Fallout and stuff where you'll get like dehydration or something and if you're playing survival, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not say that that's... And I don't know that he's saying this either. I just, I just think, I don't think that there's a there's a game who's treated it so, so realistically and like, it it feels sad and gross and mm-hmm. raw and real like actual diseases where it's like, well, he gives you the injection and says like, yeah. sorry bud, get out of my office and pay me ten dollars. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is just that's debilitating, and and just the fact that they would bring that something so real into a video game, which is typically used to escape, is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense though why they made Red Dead Two so slow because you can work something like that into the game when it's yeah. a very like heavy feeling game. Yeah, yeah. So he he ends with thanks for the weird companion guide podcast to help with quarantine life. <laughs> <laughs> the weird companion guide podcast podcast excuse me yeah i think that sums it up thank you so much yep. brian um i'm glad you enjoyed our weird podcast and uh thank you for listening i hope you listen along with red dead one as well regular chips writes in from winnipeg regular chips yes um, That's a, as I you like can that. infer probably not their real name but uh i hope yeah. it is maybe I like I like the idea of it being regular chips, like not salt and vinegar, just regular. regular. <laughs> so he says, I want to provide the old guy, late 30s perspective on some of the existential themes you've been talking about. Um, needless to say, if you're in your late 30s, that's not that old, right? Like, <laughs> I'm about to get a grandfather talk from a 30-year-old. <laughs> Gather round, Tyler and Brevin. It's regular <laughs> chips writing in. Um, no, you're in your prime regular chips. Come on. So he says, most days I love my job. On my worst days, I identify with Dutch, wanting one more score so that I can have the financial freedom to retire and pursue whatever passions I want on a given day. Working a conventional job has mostly turned out awesome for me, but can sometimes feel like I'm working for the future. I think a lot of people live this way, working too long and hard at something they don't like for a future they aren't actually, they aren't really even picturing. This is a trap, and you guys have identified it early and have identified it's in your earlier conversations that this is not the way to live yeah yay us we figured it out <laughs> we solved the puzzle we cracked the code <laughs> um i don't know i don't i don't feel like i really cracked the code though i feel like i'm still sort of it's, you're still gonna fall into it because that's it's like that's human life like that's just the society that we're built in like you're gonna fall into that i i, I sort of feel like a man without a cause like like if I found something where, that I was both really passionate about and 
did a lot of good and also I was good at, like mm-hmm. that trifecta would be my prime spot and I would just feel so utterly satisfied delivering on that. But I don't know what that is. So, and will I ever find it? Is it okay if I don't? I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't don't get don't. It's that scary when you when you talk like that. It's, I'm, I don't know, man. You're scaring me. Why am I scaring you? I mean, it's not. I'm not getting the you know fatal in my no, I'm consideration. I'm just talk, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's 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 when you when we take look, life as it goes. Yeah, I know. It's just when you look at society and all the problems we have and all of the room for improvement. Like, mm-hmm. it, you, oh, yeah, you almost you feel do obligated. That, that is, that is to... dangerous to look at what room for improvement we have <laughs> as a society. Jesus. It's hard oh. not to, though. Because then if you just say, no, I'm just going to worry about myself. It's like, aren't... Is that doing more damage? Yeah, like, you. It's it's the cliche where it's like, oh, our generation was supposed to be the one to make real change happen. And now we're just the establishment, man. It's like, how many times... How many generations of people are going to say that before we realize, like, no, that's not our generation. That's just human nature, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. If if I don't know, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's t- it's tough watching you contemplate this. Right now. <laughs> like I have the the in person view rather than just the audio view, and he's like he's like rummaging his hands through his hair. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. <laughs> I'm well. I am struggling. I. I, I another thing is like so, sometimes I just need to move and like I li- literally mean change the place that I'm living and move boxes and that's what I'm worried about and it's okay to be worried about that because that's something that makes sense but then mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things I'm thinking about like career aspirations is it fair to say like I'm just going to work at this job for the rest of my life and like that's fine I'll I'll be more than, you know, successful financially and I don't know, man. I I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, but... it's it's weird when you break it down in such like step by step things like, oh, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna do that, then I'm gonna do that, because that's not how life works. Yeah. Like it's not you how just life gotta, works. You, it, things are gonna pop up that you're not gonna expect, whether it's good or bad, and you just gotta figure it out. It's the it's it's the person riding the elephant, right? Yep, that's what it is. We got to follow the elephant where it goes, and sometimes we can steer it, sometimes we can't. So mm-hmm. that's beautiful. <sighs> that was a great way to end that. I like that. Yeah, back to the elephant. <laughs> I just the the idea that we could even end that line of thinking is just false to me. Like I feel like I'm <laughs> it's I'm, I will perpetually be struggling with this. Oh. Um, all right. So thank you for that regular chips. He has some other things he mentions as well. Oh, by the way, this is this is our last our last email. So oh. awesome, we're wrapping it up. With its immense scale, do you think RDR two was Dan Hauser's last score be- before he moved on to his Tahiti? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. That's great, Brevin. What um, do you think? I think it could have been. I really think he could have been like, we're gonna put everything we can. We're gonna blow people's minds at this game. And I, I, I would not be surprised if that was the thought process behind it. And like, we're, he was like, we're going to take risks. We're going to do something different. And what I mean by that is like, make it feel heavy. We're going to have a sickness cause some, some 
change and well obviously they weren't thinking like that but you know what i mean they were gonna we're gonna take risks we're gonna do something people don't normally do for video games yeah i mean it feels like an aching last true attempt at art where it's not like i could if if you put it in those terms where you say dan hauser and this is a real life person i don't want to like project too much on him i don't know (laughs) but if let's just say you're a person at the top of a video game company and you're planning on retiring soon you would want your last game that you worked on to be like your oh there's a word for this Uh, i know what you're thinking magnum opus yes i think that is it magnus or magnum magnus opus no i think it's magnum opus i don't know well, I, I now I'm, I should start. Question, yeah, way. exactly. Now I'm because just... it's a Rockstar game. Let's say Magnum, because that's the name of a pistol, right? right it would be his Magnum yeah. Opus. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense, and it actually might might show a little bit more of how crazy it is. Because if if you are in a position where you're just looking at it as an investment and you're like trying to turn it around. You probably would not have made all the decisions that they made designing this game. But if you're looking at it as an art piece where you're like, yes, this is my last, my last send off to the world before I live Mm. in Tahiti in peace. um, Then it does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That exactly. Uh, I think the single player, I can at least a hundred percent say for the single player, this game was not made with money at the forefront of it, the single player. Absolutely no way that it was made that way. It, because they so take way too many risks to do that. Obvious. Not, and not just risks, but... Well, I guess it would be considered like a monetary risk, but just yeah, like, yeah, it's... like luxurious investments in acting and just design of things Mm -hmm. that are totally ancillary and like the the giant behind the rock easter egg like what even Mm -hmm. i don't know man don't get me started if you think about it like a lot of games these days um whether they're single player or multiplayer are meant to be addictive and that is something i can say red dead doesn't make an attempt to be it's Mm. just a game that is fun and that's why it's addictive and a lot of people don't like red dead 2 because it's too slow which is exactly the thing that would be brought up in, you know, a shareholder meeting where they're talking about people's experiences with the game and they're like, yeah, the game was too slow and boring. And that's wow. a common thing. That's fascinating. Like, they still greenlit it. Yeah, they, because they play test and be like, wait, you're going to start us in the snow and you're trudging through snow and it's really slow and you don't really be a cowboy until like six hours in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're going to do that. And yeah, then also, while you're a cowboy, you're going to do chores around camp and, <laughs> uh, yeah, ride ladies into the town and, and hang out in Valentine. And You're only going to be able to walk in camp and never sprint or run because <laughs> that we want is, you to that actually. That is quite the design decision. I don't yeah. even know if I would have done that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. And I, you know what? If, if that is the case, I really hope Dan Hauser is enjoying his Tahiti right now because uh, <laughs> he deserves it. I don't know if I want to say that, though, because who knows about the uh, work yeah, practices what, the, yeah, in Rockstar exactly, and the, the cost. Implications. The implications. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. If everything went great, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was fine and totally unambiguously morally good at Rockstar. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, he continues to say, this cast has been fantastic. I was looking for this book club format since there was so much to talk about in this game and you guys delivered. I specifically appreciate that you both are very open-minded and flexible about your opinions of the game and personal philosophies. I look forward to playing through Red Dead 1 along with the cast, but sadly, I won't get a copy until late May. Well, well, that works out. <laughs> I mean, it's like May, it's May 20th time of recording, so. Yeah, to find practically late, late this May. Is, this is relatively late. I think that's very on time. If if you can, yeah, I I think you're in good shape. Maybe you'll have to wait to for the first two episodes to come out or something like that, but. Yeah. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, I I like I like his nod that's saying that we're very open minded and flexible about our opinions on the game. I think that's true. I, you and I both, Brevin, are are pretty humble in our philosophies and aren't really. We're not going to be stuck on saying like, no, Dutch is a terrible person and oh yeah, no, blah blah, blah. yeah, yeah. You got to be that way in life, in my opinion. Like that's that's the way to have a a happy life. Just be open minded. Yes, yes, to live and happy. Respect other people's opinions. Open minded. Be malleable. Because if to, to say, like, oh, I figured out my philosophy and this is what I'm going to live with for the rest of my life is just not acknowledging the immense amount of change and the dynamic nature of life itself and also our own proneness to being correct. And just, mm-hmm. like, how how could I assume that my perspective on life would grant me correctness, you know? Like, that is yeah. such an audacious assumption to make. Um so yeah, we're all just trying to figure it out, man. That's what it's all about. What it's all about. <laughs> uh, and then he, he ends with, it's interesting. I don't know if he ends with this, but this is the last note I have from him. It's interesting how a Dutch believes he wants to live in the present, transcendentalism, whereas he is constantly running from his present towards a future and he keeps, to, towards a future he keeps changing. <laughs> Dutch should probably meditate more. <laughs> <laughs> he need he needs a a few moments of meditation. That's yes, for sure. get out the bath bomb, Dutch. Just relax, light some incense. Yeah, chill a, out, a glass man. of wine. A glass of wine. He probably he's probably a wine drinker, Dutch. Oh, he's definitely a wine drinker. But that's an excellent point where he he preaches about transcendentalism and living on his own in the woods and being. I mean, yeah, it's it's almost like mistaking transcendentalism. We actually talked about the the author. What's his name? I don't oh, remember. God. I don't remember either. But yeah, I know who you're uh, talking about. But we said like he should be more mindful of how his words are interpreted. I I'm sort of going back on that now. I feel like when you say he, who you're talking about? You're talking the about author. The... Oh, the author. Okay. Because you can write thing, and in fact, he probably was writing in an earnest sense about transcendentalism. Mm-hmm. It's just Dutch misinterpreted it or his interpretation was a bad one in that to be transcendentalist is to just be on the outskirts of society and to be a rebel. But really it's more about in order to be in touch with life and, and its existence, you need to be in touch with nature and to do that truly, you need to remove yourself from society. So removing yourself from society is the means, not the end, but Dutch views it the other way around. And he really is just like utterly concerned with society and his role mm-hmm. in it and everything about it. So it's like mm-hmm. a completely flawed view, but like it has the direction, but it's just like not coming together correctly. Yeah, yeah. I I've never even considered that. I think that's that's awesome because we sort of yeah to view Dutch as a transcendentalist isn't 
isn't right because he's not he's he's very concerned about you know the inner the uh, i i've i've said this i'm just gonna (laughs) bow out (laughs) thank you so much for the email regular chips i love all of these points i mean yeah you really got me going there (laughs) with the first thing so (laughs) yeah you did And that we we appreciate the uh, the sage wisdom from the the late thirties perspective. So thank you so much. Um, and we're, I, I'm honored that someone with that perspective would listen to our podcast. I think that's so cool. Yeah, so that's very very you. cool. Thank you. If anyone else listening wants to write in, please send your emails to reddedcast@gmail.com. R e d d e a d c a s t at gmail.com. And we will almost certainly read them on the show. Um, let us know what you're thinking about Red Dead 1. Well, obviously, as you play through it. So we're playing up to, what is it, Brevin? Uh, oh, man, you threw that on me quick. Old Swindler <laughs> Blues. I was not ready for that. I had to look <laughs> up. Old <laughs> Swindler Blues. My tab. That's so, yeah. Um, write in. Let us know how you feel. How is, what's, what's it like to be back in the shoes of John? It sounds like I'm closing right now. I'm not. We got more to do. Yeah, we got more. So, Brevin... I think this will be ending our episode, unless you have anything else. But way back, way back in December. Um, wow, December. That's December of 2019. Yeah, I cannot believe how much time has gone by. It is <laughs> unreal. I'm, you can hear me f- fidgeting with my papers. Oh, building, yeah. yeah. Some great building, uh, ASMR. Uh... <sighs> anticipation there we go finally (laughs) so i was anticipating to know what word you were to say (laughs) so i have oh i actually have a pen here too nice and the door shutting in the background that's fine (laughs) um so we we asked you or not we i asked you several questions about um well they're not questions they're statements and how much you agree with them uh you might remember this from the first episode of red dead reflection it basically, I was trying to set... Sorry about doors shutting in the background. Um, I was trying to set the standard of what were, your, what were you thinking? What was going on through Brevin's head before he even started Red Dead 2? So now we're going to take, take a look back and assess how he feels after playing Red Dead 2. And we're also going to get the double um, value of before you've played Red Dead 1 again. So yes. here we are. And Brevin, definitely do not tell me what I said before. Oh no! Well, I will okay. wait. Like, don't like, don't influence my answer based on my previous answer. Before, of course. like, don't say, "Oh, you said a four to this." But I will don't tell you that. today. Yes. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Yeah. No, never um, tell me. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's start off by I wrote down some random notes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you said slowness is a nice change of pace. I think this might have been. <laughs> this might have been after you started playing. I'm not sure, but no, I think um it, this was regarding before I had played this game. I had heard that the game was a slow game. Um, yes, and yes. I thought back then. Well, I still agree with myself. Uh, I thought it would be a very nice change of pace from what I was playing at the, in that time. Um, and yeah, I loved it. And it, was it, was it great? Yeah, it was fantastic. So there you go. You said you said you wanted more useful guns. And then I put in parentheses variety, which I think is sort of hilarious because there were literally no yeah. more guns. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't take away. I never I never was playing and was like, I need more guns. It, it was fine. I love the fact that you could customize your guns really in depth. I took, mm. I took advantage of that. And I think that kind of even filled in that void that might have been missing, being able to, to do that. 
So um, you said no base building, which came true. Although, yeah, it pretty no, it's not base building. You cannot <laughs> yeah, say okay. It's base building. <laughs> yeah, not I'm glad. Like, it's, it's the Fallout sense. I was gonna say. Yeah, it's like base upgrading. Yeah, and then there's there, you can use the camp, which is actually really fun. Um, not fun, I guess, but it's it's a nifty mechanic where you can drop camp wherever you are. Yeah. Um, you said a survival like sleep gauge eating and drinking would take away too much nope i completely disagree with that and i wish this <laughs> game had 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 a difficulty that had those in the game and i wish i even talked about it, i think during the while i was playing red dead 2 that i wish food and hunger were actually more there in your face and that they needed to be used more often that's funny that's the total antithesis of what you said here yeah. so well, the huh. game, the game, like, lends itself to being that way because it's a slow game in general already. So you have the time to sit there and let me take five seconds to watch my character eat something. It doesn't take you out of the action like it would out of, like, say, a Call of Duty game. It, it, it's, it lends itself perfectly to that. Yes, I think so long as the gauges are not too intense of course I, yes if you're like oh my gosh i i don't know what i'm going to eat next and all of a sudden that's what you're thinking about not arthur's character development and like yeah, what yes. the gang is doing yeah i still think they could have easily pushed it a decent amount more on how much you needed to eat yeah i bet you in the initial stages once when they first built those mechanics out it was probably way more um aggressive and they probably tuned it down probably mm-hmm. in those board meetings we were mentioning um, and then you said, I, I assume the game takes place in the Wild West, <laughs> which is funny because you never see the Wild West in this game. All well, throughout. You kind of see, see, like, you could count the armadillo areas like Wild West. Oh, come on now. The Wild it, West. Maybe, it's pretty wild. Maybe the West, but. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, there's nothing there. The game's beautiful, though. I'm kind of glad that we got to see, like, grand vistas of green. Oh, yeah, the Montanas, or was it, yeah, Montana. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bremen, are you ready? That's all That's all I have for notes, just some all right. quick little anecdotes from the first discussion. Now we are on to the quiz. Are you Here excited? I'm excited. I'm very excited to get to I want to hear, and this is a funny one, because I don't, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to color your answers at all. I'm just going to read it, right? Mm-hmm. I like country music. Oh, and by the way, he's rating it on a scale of zero to four horse love. That's yeah, the zero uh, is lowest and official is. Red Dead rating. All right, do I? What is it? Do I like country music? Yes. I'm gonna give that one a two, right down mm. the middle. And my reasoning for that, I feel like that's probably what I said before. I hope it is. I hope I didn't give it a one, but maybe I did. Um, in the right context, country music's great, but it's not something I choose to listen to. That's what I'll leave it at. All right, I think that's a fair, fair answer. Let me ask you a question, Brevin. Would you like me to read you what you had before now, or should we go through it all once? Do it and now. Go back? Okay. Do it now. I think that's better. You originally gave this a one, actually. Oh, okay. and I, I had a feeling I did. Your answer was similar, but I think you were a little bit cooler on it last time where you said, like, I don't think I would ever listen to it on my own, but, you know, if it's on, that sort mm. of thing. Yeah. No, it definitely fits in certain contexts. And I think even uh, recently I've been listening to some music that has some, not I shouldn't say some music, but a couple songs have come up um, that have, like, country influences on them. And, like, it, I, I, they sound great. I think it's really, like, the thing that, that taints that is, like, you know, the whole, 
you know, a ride my tractor thing, like that really <laughs> like grossly country music thing, like the what's the word I'm trying to think? Of? The stereotypical country music that doesn't really exist probably anymore in the way that I think it does. Yeah, I I I'm very much on the same page as you where I I would always think country music was like that or about um I don't know, like like the newer country pop music which I also mm-hmm. don't really like. But really it's it's more I I don't want to try to describe a music genre. I'm so bad at that, but Yeah, that that's tough. I think what like I really like folk music for example and mm-hmm. Really, if you like folk music, there's no reason why you wouldn't like country music because it's yeah. basically a flavor a lot of, of folk inf- yeah, or vice exactly. versa. Um, and I, th- the reason why I asked you this question or this statement, I presented this statement to you, was because the soundtrack in this game really made me listen to it and say, oh, this is really country music, but I also like it. And it was sort of a reconciliation mm-hmm. where I... I realized oh wait i do like country music and i've just been pretty close-minded about it so far mm-hmm. um yeah and it's also you... different too when you can not to cut you off but no, when you can um attribute a song to like an event in your life which you will count red dead to like the uh, that being the event it makes mm. it more impactful which is why you could have found that hey this is great even though it's country not that country is a bad thing but it's not something i would typically <laughs> listen to but now that i can contribute it to something that means a lot to me it's yes. more impactful yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, it it adds extra meaning to it that make yeah, it's it's like a bridge to let you connect to it. Mm-hmm. Um and I th- I think it's I think it's excellent. I have you listened to the soundtrack since you beat it? I think you should if you have. I've I've come across it in certain videos. Um I haven't like exclusively been on like Spotify, but um I think I was listening to like some of the um what is that called? Not the background music. You know what I mean? Ambient, Ambient music. Yeah. Yeah, and some of that's even really cool. I mean, the, the house building song is incredible. I don't know if that's oh, country yeah, yeah. music or what you call that, but oh, yeah. I mean, it's got it's got its it's got its countryness to it. Oh, man, all right, Brevin, we're getting on to the to the heavy stuff. That was yeah, the that, 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 was that was the, the softball question. question. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? John Marston is a good person. I give this a three, and I'm not going to change my answer on it. That's locked in. Locked in. I like locked that. In. Why are you um, so confident with your three? Because so when I when I, when we talked about these before, we were like, "What is a good person like that?" And like, I feel like I understand not just because I play Red Dead, but because I I have a second try at these questions. Like, I know what a good person is. Nobody's perfect, and I can't give someone like. I can't I can't bring down because John Marston had an awful past that he is like a horrible person and deserves a zero because he, he's killed people. It's completely unredeemable. Like at heart, John Marston is a good person. He just was put in a bad situation where he had to do certain things that required those things to be done because he had a family. He didn't have a family when he was earlier. But I think at heart, at least the person he ends up as is a good person. So I'm going to give him a three. I love this. I feel like, I mean, isn't that the whole thesis of Red Dead Redemption 2? To say, yes, this Arthur Morgan has done bad things. But in spite of that, I'm going to convince you that he's a good person anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So you were, you, I think that's a sign. I think, yeah, that is a sign. No, I shouldn't say that the game has come. No, it has. I think it has changed my opinion 
on attributing a social score i guess you could call it to people like yeah i mean if it's i think you're you're less consequentialist would be what you would say where you're less concerned about the effects of people and more concerned with their intention and mm-hmm. what what they're attempting to do because so much of the time what actually happens comes down to circumstance and yeah i don't want to say luck but you know luck plays a big situation part, yeah um, so and either way, I, I think a common thing that people have issues with, I know I've had issues with, is that what you do does not necessarily, like, oh, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. The things that you mean to do isn't aren't always what happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have absolute control. Yeah, you, just because you say something a certain way does not mean that everyone's going to take what you say at what the way you expect them to okay yeah yeah because your yeah your intentions cannot or do not always follow through yeah exactly you can't you can't control what other people think so there's no way to not make anyone upset all right so john marston is a three i mean i think what so you originally gave him a two i'll say that i've I've had a feeling that's what it was i think i I remembered but actually you wrote it as a three and then i crossed it off and then you wrote it as a two because we were doing that thing where we were talking about well he's killed a bunch of people yeah exactly and i think one of the one of the critiques people had for me um after that first episode was that i was influencing your choices Mm -hmm. um because i would you would give your score and then i play devil's advocate and say really is he because if you're if you're thinking about what a four, like what's a four and how far away is John from that? And that's I think that probably had a big effect on you. And I, mm-hmm. I apologize for that, by the way, but I was just trying to but keep it's the fun. conversation going. It yeah, is fun. fun. Yes, that's the whole thing. Um But I think you're I think you're more in tune in yeah, I think a three is more accurate if we are looking at his quote unquote soul, like his essence mm-hmm. and what it is that John is trying to do. And he really does not have any malicious bones in his body. I mean, does he? I no, not really. We'll see really. with Red Dead One and how it plays. I out. think he has. <laughs> I was gonna say he has bones that can be turned to be malicious very easily. <laughs> joints. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> malicious joints. <laughs> I don't know, man. That like, analogy I, I feel like is he, absurd. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he can be easily influenced in the right context to be a violent person, but at heart, with surrounded by the right people like his family, he is not going to do wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that sums it up. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Jack Marston is a good person. it's hard to answer this and the only reason why is because you don't get to see a lot of what jack becomes so i have to rate it off of what we have seen and i give it a four jack marston is a good person oh that's locked in not changing it four locked in okay see something that i i love about this is it's sort of reminding me that the statement is he is a good person not he is the best person or he is an amazing person like is a good person and that is enough um and to say a four is to basically say i agree that jack marston is a good person. jack marston is a good person so originally you gave him a three and i have a Um, feeling the reason why is because of the ending of red dead one that's the only reason 
because what else do I have to even say? You called it at the top of this show. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my. I don't know. About I'm putting Jack it. Marston. I'm putting it into my thoughts. So let me let me let me let me put you through what I'm thinking about. Jack gets revenge on this man who completely wronged his father and and basically murdered him. And I think it it goes without saying that if that happened to me, I would have the exact same feelings as Jack and want to do the same thing as well. And that does not make me a bad person. Yeah, I and think And going you're right. through with it, if I had no chance of getting caught, I could completely say I would go through with it to do that. And I don't think that makes me a bad person. <laughs> yeah, if I had no chance of getting caught, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right, Brevin. I think Jack Marston... See, now now this makes me think, like, why is Jack... So, I'm going to put this on you. Why is Jack Marston mm-hmm. a four and John Marston a three? John has a lot more years of bad behavior. Even if they were influenced by other people, he still could have made the choice at a younger age to to move away from that stuff. Um, obviously, I don't know the exact um, scenarios that John was raised in. Like, where I don't remember exactly what his parents... Is there much talk about his parents? John's parents? No. His living situation when he was younger. I'm assuming he was taken into that gang at a very young age. Um, And I can't fault him for that. Like, if that's the only way you can live, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. I think you're right. But he's not perfect. (sighs) And that's not... I don't want to say... Okay, let let me drop that. I don't want to even bring the word up perfect. He made bad choices. Like, very bad choices. And murdered people who did not deserve to die. But at the end, his character is redeemed. So he gets a three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, if, if anything, John is more is a more complex story. And that is enough to bring him down to a three, I think. Mm-hmm. So Fair. far, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Um, next one, you ready? Yeah. Abigail and John belong together. I'm really curious what I gave this one. Um this is a this is still a tricky one. Man, I'm so in between three and four on this. I'm I'm leaning more towards that for sure, but I that it's hard being... for me to give it that being those two numbers than being like the high range of numbers rather than the low range. Um, that's not even like in the question is it low range, but I remember I I distinctly before I answer I distinctly remember the conversation we had about this, um, where we talked about how. Is is there somebody out there made for you? <laughs> and I remember we had a, we had a nice conversation about this. And I still <laughs> oh my gosh, I did forget about that. Wow, we I did. still we fully went... yeah we went really deep in this. <laughs> and I, I I fully agree with you when you say I shouldn't say I agree with you, but I I completely see the mindset of thinking that there's someone out there that is right for you, and that there's it's just one person is not the way that I want to look at things that it makes it seem like it's not my choice you know what i mean yeah yeah that's it just doesn't seem right it's like believing in fate over believing in your own free will Mm-hmm. and i'm i don't even know what that has to do with are you answer, are you delaying that I, I think i might be delaying the answer i'm just i'm just Running remembering what we talked about um i'm gonna give this four 
yeah, they 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 are happy together. When when things are good, I think they're happy together. What's so funny about your? I mean, first of all, yes, four. Are you kidding me? Like it's so that's so easy to me. I okay. I'm so confident in Abigail and John's relationship because. Mm. But I wouldn't say they're happy together. I'd say they are together and they persist and they live. Yeah, yeah like n- few portrayals you of don't relationships. Think they're happy together? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You really do not well, think that they're I, happy. I, I do think they're happy, but I think I think they're happy when they're happy, and I think they're sad when they're sad, and I think they are they are together. That's all I mean to say mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. there's more to a relationship than just to say they're happy together. Cause I think that's an yep. oversimplification. And I think that actually sets people up for a lot of sadness when they say, Oh, I'm not happy with this person. As if, as if you're going to find some person that makes you happy all the time. Like that's yep. absurd. Um, that's very true. I, I'm, I'm realizing now that's not really what you're saying, but, um, but no, I see exactly what you're saying. It's it. it you can't oversimplify a relationship into one emotion because that's not what a relationship is in any yeah. case. If it, if it is that way, then it's like either from a book or it's not real. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so Abigail and John, I think, are the the just a beautiful embodiment of like two people who have common goals, who are just struggling together. But and at the end of the day, they come home to each other, and that's what it's all about. And like, and they care about each other for sure. Yeah. To suggest that they don't belong together or that they would even be themselves without each other mm. is too too much for me. Yeah. I don't see a John Marston without an Abigail Marston. I don't see an Abigail Marston without a John Marston. Like, they com- they complete each other is, like, the cliche. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I don't necessarily mean that in a fate sense either. I just mean, like, by living next to each other for so long, mm. they bleed into one another. Yeah. What did um, I give that before? <laughs> Brevin, before you gave it a two. I had a feeling that's what it was. Yep. A I'm two. Remembering these all really well. Come on, Brevin. Hey, I think that listen, listen to me when I say this. That I think playing through Red Dead Two revealed a lot more about their relationship. Oh yes, for sure. And that yeah, yeah that I mean I'm giving I'm playing up giving you a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Red yep. Dead One, what you see of their relationship is like a very awkward. It, it almost feels like they are just together because they're already married and that's mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, I'm curious to see how that's colored by our experiences with Red Dead 2, but I think just seeing Red Dead 2 and how they function together when they're young and, and in these dramatic situations, and Abigail is part of the action. She's not just like the homestead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think... I, I definitely understand why you would give them a two if you had just seen the events of Red Dead 1. Yep. All right, Brevin. Laws should never be broken. <laughs> this is another, like, trick question where it's like, <laughs> well, all laws aren't good. Um, I, I have a feeling I probably gave this a two before. Um, I feel like I chose a lot of twos. and Man, this is like, this. it's really one of those, like, is Catch-22 correct? Am I using that correctly? I try not yes. to use that term. It, okay, yeah. yeah. I use that term a lot. 
Yeah, I I want to, but I I'm, <laughs> I'm just never using it correctly. I feel like I have um, things like that where I want to use a phrase, but I'm like not really sure that's really what it is. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give this a three. Laws should never be broken. You're giving it a three. Yeah, because there are times, and I feel like this is just a repeat of the conversation we had before. There are times when laws should be broken, but the majority of time they probably shouldn't be broken unless you're living in some dystopian society that has created laws to reduce the amount of livability you have in, in, in maintaining a happy life. That's what, that's like a ridiculous scenario. So Brevin, you gave this a zero last time because I, because it was, that was ridiculous. It was the, the never, (laughs) but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make these questions so literal. Okay, okay. You're you're doing less of a literal reading and more of a like generally speaking, assuming that things are quote unquote normal. Yeah. Probably don't want to break laws most of the time. Yeah, and I'm not giving it a four because obviously people are gonna break like it it's okay to speed a little bit o- over the speed limit. It's okay to don't to, you don't you're gonna you wanna you want that on hold record? On. Edit that right. out. <laughs> most people do. Um, and and society still functions pretty, not me pretty no, well. i don't but most people yeah, do yeah and tyler did, never speeds he actually drives under the speed limit <laughs> like completely under that's not oh, man i will neither agree nor disagree <laughs> but yeah no um yeah i don't want to look at it in the, in the literal way of never it's yeah just, i i like that i because i think if anything like the the portrayal of dutch in this game and even the the behaviors of the gang shows the value of laws mm-hmm. and something like the the coronavirus pandemic that we're going through is like oh wow like it's a good thing we have a government in a time <laughs> like this right um <laughs> but like yeah i i like i like the rating of a three i i'm part of me wants to say like zero out of zero like no way man don't let yeah. laws control your life and bring you down and you should make your own laws but um obviously you know assuming that it's a democratic system and the laws are actually influenced by the people who the government is serving then you probably should respect the laws given that they were created by your society Mm -hmm. Um, and i remember that was one conversation we had a lot about too where like laws are created by society of what they think is correct and that can obviously be completely different between two different societies yes and i think we'll leave it at that because we can talk about this all day (laughs) loyalty above all else oh this i have no idea what i would have said for this i actually forgot about this question loyalty above all else man i'm gonna give this a one and i'm gonna sit on that Mm, sit on it so i'm gonna sit on it <laughs> i'm gonna step on it do you mean like um, stand by that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna it's not it's not moving that's what i'm saying <laughs> all right i like that um, and my reasoning for that is that being blindly loyal to somebody is a dangerous thing you have to think for yourself Loyalty is a good thing in most situations, but not all. Yeah, I think I think to suggest that it should be above all else 
um, sort of degrades your own moral choices and values. And it almost says like, like why, why would John's opinions be worth less than Dutch's just because Dutch is the boss of the, of the Mm -hmm. gang, you know, it's like, it's sort of like, like the whistleblower stand perspective where you're saying just because I work for this company and I'm just a normal like clerk or something means that I shouldn't reveal this tax evasion or whatever yep. is going on. Um, Brevin, last time you gave us a three. Do you, do yeah, you know why? <laughs> I, I think Red Dead has completely changed my interpretation of just being loyal to like the idea of being loyal it made me realize how much damage blind loyalty can do which is a dangerous thing i hadn't really thought about it before so you do you feel like you're more of a mover and you're more you're thinking more critically about the systems that you subscribe to yes oh that's beautiful that's incredible exactly and you said and you know you say video games fry your brains. Come on, <laughs> that's yeah. This one's fried my brain in a good way, I guess. <laughs> it's sunny side up, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and by the way, can you get an appreciation for like why I'm why I asked you these things oh, in yeah. particular? Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's very actually obvious. poetic. Yeah. How oh wow, it came out. Yeah. Um, how about this one, Brevin? It is easy to do the right thing. This is a good question. And I, I don't remember what I gave this one either. What did I give the last one? Was it a two? Or you gave the last three? one a three. Three, okay. Is it is it easy to be a good person? Uh, is it easy to do the right thing? To do the right thing. Okay. Did we did we switch it or did I I feel like we had the same issue last time with like is Yeah, we have some things that use the phrase good person later on. But mm. just for now look at Is it easy it is to do easy the right to thing? Do the right thing. I'm going to give this a four. Okay. <laughs> What's your reasoning there? That's That surprised me. I, I got to be honest. When you are... Okay, so now that... I feel like I'm putting a when on this, which is kind of making me lend myself to a three, but I'll stick with a four because that's what I've been doing. I mean, these, with, with I these questions, if you ask someone three different times in the same day, they're going to give you different answers. But Yeah. Yeah. When you are in the right context and given the right resources that I think would make you a good person, it is easy to do the right thing. I think I can see what you're getting at. So you're saying, you know, assuming you actually have a choice, right? Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. If there is a choice to be the right, to be a good person, it is easy to be a good person or to do the right thing okay let me okay what about though what about the whistleblower scenario that i sort of fumbled through a little while ago Mm -hmm. where you are working at a company you've been there for 10 years and you are witnessing something that like is objectively wrong Mm -hmm. and you should report it but to do that is to betray like the organization that you've been working for your whole life, your source of income, your stability. And then it's sort of like the definition of putting your neck out for the right thing 
when mm. the, the safer and easy... I mean, I got to say, the easier option is to do the wrong to thing. Not, yeah, to do the wrong thing. But is let's say you have a family and you if you do if you whistle blow this company you will never see your family again and you care about them deeply something <laughs> okay. ridiculous like i that love this really. hypothetical and how far we're going um, that's awesome is the right thing to sacrifice your family for the greater good or is the right thing do, how about this? Let me. I, I'm, I'm building off of what I want to say, but I can't figure out how I want to finish it. Someone stole your. You create. You create what you believe is the right thing. It's not like it's not this black or white, you know, choice. You know what I mean? So, so. But in, that can also be flipped a different way. So you're way. saying like, in yeah. that in that story, the right thing would be to serve your family by not whistling. The right thing would be. Whatever the person feels is the right thing, which is a really okay. lame answer. Yeah, Ooh. but but listen to me. Like, <laughs> you can't fault somebody for not wanting to possibly, who knows, go to jail or something ridiculous like that, or maybe they're not going to be able to feed their family for who knows how long. Um, you jeopardize can't fault themselves. somebody. Yeah, you can't fault somebody for not wanting to jeopardize themselves, um, especially when the other option is to to be looked at as not doing the right thing it's it's really <sighs> it is hard yeah it's really difficult but i also i part of me is just like no like the right thing is the right thing and you can't it's just not know, that black man. and white dude yeah you're right darn i really can't any if i ever ran into like how about this this i think this is a good way to put it if someone told me that they had worked for a company that was doing horrible actions for the longest time and they didn't do anything about it, I would not think that person is horrible. It, in any case, in any way. If they explained to me that, hey, if I said anything, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to, I'm gonna go to jail or I'm in, something awful is gonna happen. You can't, I'm, I, maybe some people would look at them as a terrible person, but I personally would not oh, because I could now. imagine being no, in that situation. No, 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 I cannot. So maybe, you're hold on, maybe you're, from okay, the beginning, go. they know no, not bad from the things beginning. are going on? No, no. It's when you get deeper in, you, you realize the inner workings that people are doing the wrong thing but now you're stuck there i would not look at someone because these people didn't choose to do the wrong thing you know what i mean like they they ended up that it's kind of like the john marston situation i was talking about earlier like i don't know exactly how john grew up but he was probably raised you can like we said we can assume dutch took him at a very young age and shaped yeah. him into those situations and even though the situations were horrible you know he had good intentions at heart I hope that so, makes sense. So you're saying like you get a you get a nice job at like generic company, maybe let's say it's a pharmaceutical company, and then you mm -hmm. find out you know five years into your into your job you're up the ladder maybe like ten years let's say, yeah, and you realize that they're you know pushing opioids, knowing their harmful effects even, mm -hmm. but just to make money off of them. I think the right thing. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Continue. So in that in that situation, you're saying if that person sees that witnesses it and says you know what i'm not going to say anything because one because it's too it's too costly to me mm -hmm. you would say okay you're not a bad person because you're you're just thinking it i don't ah 
I struggle with that, man, because to, to excuse that behavior in one situation, you have to excuse it in every situation. Yeah, and, and yeah. With that, we have a worse society where you say, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it, but like, what, do you want me to just throw my life away in my career progress? Like, I might get a promotion next year. It's like, I don't care. This bad thing is bad, and you need to speak out and do something about it. Can I? I want to throw you a nice. Uh, I hold on. Let me let me respond to what you said first. Um, yeah, it's super difficult, and it's it's always weird when you put it in these really. I don't want to keep using the this the um, term black and white, but we're putting it in like these really simple situations. You know what I mean? Like we're just saying a situation. There's obviously a lot more to what goes behind what goes on behind that situation. Like it's a slow buildup of reveals, not just like oh, we pulled the curtains back and now we're horrible. It's like, yeah. oh, you realize slowly over time. And like, I wanted to add on when I accidentally tried tried to cut you off. I wanted to add on like, um, oh God, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I've got so much going through my head right now that I want to talk about. <laughs> you're like, okay, let me, you're, you have like three threads going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, Anyway, it probably wasn't that important. But uh, you, there is something to be said for like, if I join like Google today, let's, Let's say they're doing a bunch of evil stuff with analytics and like YouTube recommendation engines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you join them and follow them along that journey, assuming that Google's evil, I don't know that Google's evil. <laughs> they probably are if they're that big, alphabet, whatever. Um, you can view it as a slow, it's probably a slow moral degradation where in the beginning they were just concerned about making a search engine and being mm-hmm. like, you know, internet people. <laughs> whatever that means but now it's like oh yeah we'll we'll use your data to advertise oh we'll use your data to find out where you are and give mm-hmm. people analytics data oh we'll use your data and we'll make a little listening device that can hear what you're saying and we'll record your voice and we'll deep fake you so that we can use that voice to like i don't even want to think about the stuff that youtube does yeah. or i mean google or whatever mm-hmm. um and you know, if you're going along and you're working at that company as all those decisions are made, no individual decision would be necessarily enough for you to say, hey, now that's not right. Let me quit my job and, and write an article about this and expose mm-hmm. you. But if all those decisions were made at the same time, it might be. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're sort of far and away from the original discussion at this point can i throw one thing at you regarding this discussion i'm just yeah, curious you yeah, either yeah. you either think i'm stupid or think it's kind of interesting would the world be a better place if everyone was an edward snowden <sighs> i don't like could world i don't want to get into function? edward snowden like i i understand what you're saying but like yeah let's let's remove the yeah we can remove that, that. i'll you're, yes. you're just saying if everyone was if was everyone a was a whistleblower yes essentially that's actually much better I think, I mean, yes. Like, how could it not be if everyone really spoke to their hardcore morals and followed through? Because think about the the preventative measures that that would cause. It wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't necessarily be like every other week there'd be a whistleblowing event where people would say, yep. "Oh, this huge terrible thing is happening." It would be like, no, people would hold their companies accountable, and they'd say. No, we're not doing this because if you do, I'm going to report it to the New York Times or whatever. So, yeah, I think for sure. Like, And I that... agree with you. Okay, yeah. But it's not possible. <laughs> Come on. Why not, It is impossible. Man. 
because that's not how humans work. That it, it's just not. It is literally impossible, in my opinion, for the, for that to ever happen. There will always be people doing things behind the scenes, governments doing secret things that they don't want people to know about. It's just not possible. But couldn't unless we... we're in some unified society that exists throughout the entire world. Yeah, I don't want to get into like hive mind stuff, but yeah. I do think that we could nurture a culture of moral intelligence and rigor where we'll say because this is my problem with like schools and stuff is it's not Mm -hmm. really educating people for the sake of education it's educating people i don't know why i don't know i guess i guess it is for education but it still has the sense of like you're preparing people to provide for society rather than follow like identify your values and live to them Mm -hmm. and if we did a better job of that then i think we'd have less instances of people joining a company and saying oh i mean yeah this probably isn't right but i bet everyone does this or whatever or yeah this isn't right but it's fine because they pay the bills so oh what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. um i just i just feel like people are too sloppy and i don't know and then and then my mind goes to who am i to say that because i've never been in that situation and if I was, I probably would do the same thing. So I don't know, man. I keep going back. And we'll forth, leave it but... at that. I think that's, like I said, it's it's a really tricky question. That's so you sure. you what originally was even the que- what was the question? <laughs> it is easy to do the right thing. Okay. You originally had a two, and you went up to a four, and I went up to a four, and I still fully agree with my four. I don't know that I do. What do you? What would you give it? I'd probably give it a two. Two. Or and I already three. know the reason why. So I'm yeah, not yeah, we we've <laughs> talked about that. All right, Brevin, we control our destinies. <laughs> this this stupid question. <laughs> oh man, um, I, I don't know if that's rude. I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's not at all. I think it is um, stupid. We control our destinies. That is completely a four. Okay, interesting. And I remember the con- I, I like it's so funny that I remember these conversations so vividly that you know you can't control your entire destiny because you don't know where you're going to be born. But I think that's a silly way of looking at things. Is Isn't it that what though? The con- Why? Because that... like because I, I'm not, I don't even want to think about that as like part of your destiny. You know what I mean? Like like that's not even like part of a choice in life. So it's like it's meaningless to even consider. Like, that being a thing that should be talked about. Maybe it should be, though, but I don't know. It's it's really tricky because you get on the line where, like, if someone's born into a gang, they're going to commit crime. Guaranteed. So you're, you kind of are forced into that hand. But is it destiny? I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. Okay, it's in- that's interesting. You're sort of removing the destiny aspect from, like literally what you do from like your overall goal and pursuit in life Mm -hmm. i think that makes sense i I like that way of looking at it where it's saying even if you're born into certain circumstances you still can channel your life in such a way to whatever it is you're you're after yeah and of course you have those extreme situations like i remember we, we talked about um if you're born in a very in a poverty stricken 
country um and you have to and you don't you can't fight for food and you end up dying of starvation like that's such an extreme example i don't even want to consider it but it's sad that that does that does happen in the world um and like yeah when you bring up those things it's it's it becomes much grayer it's hard to make a complete concrete decision yeah i think i think you can take these these statements and just poke holes in them all day but i think yeah like I, I I appreciate your practical stance on them now because you're mm-hmm. you're saying like okay be real like we're not talking about maybe we should be talking about kids starving in countries at age eight and not really doing mm-hmm. anything but in order for people to if we were like to to impart these as lessons for people to better themselves in society so that maybe we don't have people starving as children. Mm-hmm. You 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 would give this a four and say, no, we control our our destinies. Do better and strive for things. And Arthur um, Morgan, even though he grew up in a very difficult life, I, this sounds I don't know. Maybe this sounds really stupid to to, to say that a video game character's life was difficult, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, we know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he still chose his destiny in the end. Yeah, in spite of circumstances. In spite yeah. of the circumstances. He figured out a way to to do what he wanted to do. And we didn't have that color last time when we yeah. when we played this. And we did. We did sort of with John's story. But I think, first of all, it wasn't fresh in your mind. And it's not as obvious yeah, it's as not, Arthur's. Yeah, it's not the vocal point. You actually gave this a four, crossed it out, and changed it to a two. Yeah, and I get why. Yeah, yeah. Brevin, I am a good person. I knew I was waiting for this one. This is the one I was waiting for. And I give this a four. Wow. Wow. I love that confidence, Brevin. Yeah, 100%. Tell me why. I do my best with... I have every intention to, to make people feel as happy and as accepted as possible and that's like my goal is to make everyone feel accepted everyone deserves you know a voice and i think that that right there that's my philosophy i like to say that is my philosophy that's beautiful that that moves me brevin that i think i think this is again something that you get from playing red dead 2 where you see how a person is defined not by the consequences of their actions, but by mm-hmm. their intentions, their philosophy, their beliefs, their values. Yeah. So to say that you aren't a good person because maybe you aren't donating all of your money to charity mm-hmm. is sort of absurd. Yeah, and it's absolutely unfair absurd. and unproductive. I'd say because then then it's like, oh well, if I'm not a if I'm not a good person, I'm just gonna you know move to Vegas and enjoy every sin and start shooting up and everything <laughs> i was wondering where you were going to move to vegas that's very broad <laughs> that very, i mean i was i was trying to think of like you know sin city but if yep, i, if I don't funny. say that and then it just sounds like moving to vegas like yeah vegas, vegas is not, is it's just awful. a place where people live it's not sorry if you live in vegas no that's funny um <laughs> so originally you gave us a three and brought it down to a two. Oh my god that's I hate to hear that. I really don't like that. 
But I, I, I think this also goes back to our distinction that we talked about with Jack, where we were thinking a four is like the best kind of person, but really, no, it's just, it's just saying you're a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you are a good person, Brevin. I would give you a four for sure. I am so confident in that. So I think we can, we can beat ourselves up, but at the end of the day, like as long as we're trying and we have the right minds and or we're open and we're mm-hmm. putting our best foot forward then that's all that we can ask for that's what it is it's tr- are you trying yes yes it needs you need the hustle otherwise yeah yeah all right brad i'm satisfied i I'm think we, we resolved that so much faster than the last time <laughs> <laughs> all right here's a doozy brevin oh, killing i thought that was the last one is never right. moral yeah, this is this is one of those it's one of those stupid questions because it's, it has the word never in it. I really dislike that word. <laughs> um, I'm really curious what I gave this. It's killing is never immoral, right? Killing is never moral. Never moral. That's what I guess. Um, I want to give this a three. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give this a three. I almost gave it a one, and then I, I was trying to figure out the what it actually meant. That was what I was kind of doing while I was juggling it. Brevin, this is the first one that has been consistent. Every every other one has been different, except for this wow. one. Isn't that incredible? Right. That is. That's really interesting. Actually, actually, everyone is higher so far, except for loyalty above all else. And killing is never moral is the same. That's fascinating. Okay. So what's your reasoning on this? I think we can speak to it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there are certain people who do awful things and they cannot be... In in society's way of thinking, it is not possible to, to look at their actions as correct. Um, and by society, I mean like what general society moral choices... You, you cannot be looked at as a correct thing to do. And those people deserve to not exist because of the horrible inactions they have done. Yeah, I think I think you need to sort of like the way we've been looking at this in the practical lens is sort of say, you know, in our sloppy world that is so chaotic, you, there will be situations where killing is unfortunately the best option because we fail in so many other aspects where yeah. it's like if we didn't if we didn't have all of our other vices as humans then we hope then we preferably wouldn't be in a situation where we had to kill people mm-hmm. but there are situations that like it's not i don't know is it the best justice solution? needs to be justice needs to be done in certain situations <sighs> yeah some some situations have situations have gone too far and the only choice is to exterminate the problem. My my own counterpoint to that, and where mm-hmm. I struggle with it, is like who who makes those decisions? Who has the authority? Wrong? Yeah, yeah. I even it, I don't I don't have enough faith in like our own justice system as a society. Personally, I don't believe in the death penalty mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily believe in the accuracy or authority of our justice system yep um but i sort of 
can conceivably believe in death decided by society, but ah, I don't know, man. It's hard. That's let hard. me let me throw you out with like I, I I purposely wasn't saying this figure's name. I don't really understand why I was trying to avoid it, but like I think of Hitler as someone who deserves to die, and like that is not even arguable in any sense that he deserves that he is not deserving of death. Yeah, that's the go-to example. Um... Of course, when when you you bring up the the great example of the death penalty. Um, and that's something I struggle with. I don't even know if I have a straight up opinion on that because it's so difficult to, to think that, that someone's life can be decided by evidence that I don't know if is completely true. It, it, it's very difficult to do that. And, and I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's been, I can't say that, Never mind. I feel like there's probably stories of people who have been murdered on death row or executed on death row who probably didn't deserve it. Oh, 100%. That's, yeah, that, like, that's happened. That has happened with DNA exonerating people, like, okay. years later and stuff like that. And probably even before, you know, DNA and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that is what terrifies me about it. And, yeah, I don't, I I think we should stop talking about this. Yeah, I feel like I we're just going to go. un- yeah. unravel into saying things we're going to regret. But yeah, I think a three is appropriate as 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 the answer there. Um, and interestingly, yeah, this isn't something that was colored by your your playthrough of Red Dead Two. All right, this is an open ended one, the only one. What makes a good person, Brevin? <laughs> I think what I said before. Um, I don't know if that's kind of bad to say, like what I was talking about with myself, but the way I look at a good person is someone who is accepting someone who is there to, to try and make other people's days better, um, to give other people happiness. And like I said, let other people have a voice. That is a good, that is a good person. Let other people have a voice. I think it's interesting that you, that your answer is so focused on liberty let other people have a voice and also it's focused on people which i think is a a knee-jerk reaction um but yeah i mean that makes sense my my mind goes to like the earth and like nature i knew you were gonna say that yeah that's exactly where i knew it was gonna go yeah but i think this applies to that um eventually but yeah because if you if you break it down enough my my point of view is like um you know trying to make other people happy you can use that as like treating the earth correctly because we all live on it together so we're you are making other people happy yeah i like that i like that so last time you had and i basically i didn't write down what you said except let other people have voices have well have their voice sorry i said that last time no 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 i'm just right now okay okay. i wrote that down just now and i checked off the other things that you sort of touched upon because you said um tries their best to be kind to people, letting people do what they want, what they like, and trying your best to have a positive impact on the world. Lots of trying. Letting people do what they want. I don't know if I agree with that. Because that that's 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 like too black and white. Like cuz you could obviously want to do horrible things and like reinforcing that. Oh yeah, it's fine. Is... Well, well, but but if if a good person lets people do what they want, then I think it's under the assumption that 
what they if want. If you're to do not, well. if if an individual person is killing people, then okay, that's, that's an not extreme though. I don't letting mean, like that's so people do what they want. Oh, mm-hmm. so so like let like let's let's bring in a very realistic scenario. Like someone's like, oh, I I'm gonna blow forty thousand dollars on a car that I probably can't afford, and letting them do that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person because you may let them make an incorrect choice well like, I think what the good but let though i mean you're not letting them do that that's just you're happening not. next to you yeah so you're, well, so we'll you're say saying it's like a best friend that you have an influence on their choices and you're like oh i'm gonna let them do whatever they want because it's not an awful thing but you wouldn't you know force I mean? them to not do it you would just provide counsel and say listen man this probably isn't yes. the best choice because yeah that's I, yeah yeah, I think that would be the better thing to do than just be like, oh, yeah, just have fun. It's your money. But at the end of the day, you cannot, in my opinion, you cannot say, oh, I'm not going to let you do that. Like, I'm literally going to freeze your bank account and prevent you from buying a car because it's not mm-hmm. your choice to make, right? Yeah, of course you can't say that because it's not possible. Yeah. So that still is letting them do what they want in some But you some tried. Sense. But you try, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, and uh, that is a pattern that you have here, where you have you say actually try twice in your answer, um, and I think that really sort of not sums it up, but like that's that's emblematic of of the struggle, right? Like a good person tries and mm-hmm. tries based on their values, and that is at the end of the day all we can ask for. Um, yeah, agree, Brevin happy with that is that the end or is there one more no there's oh there's three more actually oh wow that's more okay all right so we should change with the times (laughs) i mean i wonder what i said for this before because instantly my mind it's we should change for the times that is a four oh interesting interesting tell me about it brevin so my my initial interpretation of that question is like um actually i it's funny that this is going on this pandemic right now um like changing the way that we are as a society are going about our daily lives is in the end resulting in a better world because we are saving more people's lives so it is good that we very very quickly change in order to benefit society Mm. i like that i think you're right i think i don't know that we thought of it on the societal level that time uh the first time time. yeah yeah i actually if you think about like how this applies to red dead 2 my thinking at the time of writing this statement was regarding um like like some like a cast of people or a profession or something mm-hmm. that becomes outdated and is no longer needed by society mm-hmm. like the Vanderland gang so I'm laughing because i just thought of that police officer argument where it's like <laughs> they need to exist for police officers to exist. i love that <laughs> argument that's like amazing um but like in my opinion yet those people even like mm-hmm. it's the society thing for sure and i think we need to do that for things like global warming for example yeah um, yeah that's another big one but 
Uh, I'm sorry. Even the small scale people like the gangs, they should change with the times and that's where they fail. And that's why they end up being so miserable is they fight and fight and fight. Um, what does that mean? Can I ask you that? What is what does it mean for a gang to change with the times? What does that entail? I would say you probably dismantle. Okay, so it's not like continue doing what you're doing, but more modern. Like I was thinking of a ridiculous <laughs> example, like oh, let's t- turn this gang of outlaws into hackers that steal people's <laughs> cybercrime. <laughs> yeah, let's change with the times oh, because it's man. less dangerous. Or something like well, that. Well, I mean, it's that does speak to your interpretation of change with the times. I mean, it could just be technological. It could be, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe the gang's changing with the times is to join up with the the gangster in Saint Denis. What's his name? Oh, uh, Angelo. Angelo, yeah, Bronte. Um, yeah. yeah. So that that is an interesting question, uh, and uh, that's. <sighs> I mean, my mind is actually going to fighting against this and saying, well, what, like, people could say, oh, I mean, why don't you just become a communist, Tyler? That's just what everyone's doing. That's the times now. Like, it's the modern way of living. I'd say, like, no, I'm not going to be a communist. It's like, is that me not changing with the times? Or is that me living to my core beliefs, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. where it gets sort of tricky is like, yeah, that is, is Dutch not changing with the times or is he trying to live to his own messed up ideology um yeah and when you when you when you get to that it's it's like an unanswerable question exactly so i think a four is an appropriate response you originally had a three so i wonder why probably because of something along the lines of what i just said where it's like people are allowed to grow old and you know Mm. yeah yeah all right brevin here's a doozy and i'm I'm really curious to see how you feel about this one now life moves too quickly (laughs) ah man life moves too quickly i give this one a four hmm Wow. Okay, let's hear it. And my first initial thing thing that comes to my mind is just thinking about how vast the world is and how much there is to see and experience that it is unfortunate that no human being will be able to see everything. Wow. So you're actually going to like opportunities and how there's too many of them for one lifetime. Yeah, it's not possible to to 100% real life. that's funny oh i love that you can't 100 real life you can put that on a (laughs) t-shirt oh my gosh that's funny um because my mind when and when i wrote this i was i wasn't thinking about how much can you accomplish in your life but how your experience feels so like it's so rapidly slipping through your hands and like Mm -hmm. you you cannot be present all the time. Um, so originally you had a three, Brevin. I'm, I, I have a feeling I looked at it more in the way that you that you just um, talked about it. Yeah, and I think specifically our conversation, and I think we, we talked about whether or not our life 
Yeah, I remember now. Yep. In high, like in high school and before that, seemed like it went by slower than our life after high school. Yeah, and didn't we have differing opinions on like when you get into the to the groove of doing the same thing over and over again, life goes by yes. quickly. So well, I'm think, I'm of that opinion, and you were of the opposite, where you said now that we are. Is that doing the same thing? I th- I can't remember which side it was, but it was a, something along those lines of like you were on when you're doing the same thing over and over again, it starts to go by fast. I don't know if it was you, but one of us was on that side, and one of us was on the side of like, well, you're doing the same thing over and over again, so you're not having new experiences, so everything's gonna move in slow motion. It was like two opposite sides. So what side are you on then? Right now, now I would say that doing the same thing would make things feel slow. I still think. It's, you know, it's weird. I've heard a lot of people talk about with the, with the pandemic going on, obviously, and like people aren't really allowed to go out and do what they want to. Um, the days feel long, but the weeks feel short. And I think that's a really interesting observation. I think that's, I, yeah. I think that's, that's something to do with our lizard brain and, and not really understanding we were not meant to deal with time in such grand measures, right? Mm-hmm. So we can sit and look at our clock and be like, wow, this day is not going quickly at all. And it's mm-hmm. still only X o'clock. But then when you think back to like a week ago, you'd say, wait, that was a week ago that I did that? Like it yep. doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I... It's so, it changes. I think that's the truth is like, it, I don't know. I like, like, I feel like this year has been longer than a normal year because of everything that's going on. Yep. But at the same time, I'm like, it's already May. What happened to <laughs> exactly March like through completely, April? Completely like, opposite views. Yeah. And it, like that's the whole thing about, about humans is we have, we hold two contradicting views at the same time i think fitzgerald said that um what, what was the original question uh, life moves time... too quickly did i even answer it? yeah you did what i said what, what did you say <laughs> tell me um i think it was god um hold on life moves too quickly as a four because yes i remember why That's yeah <laughs> i was curious to see if you would change your answer again no <laughs> so you went from a three to a four yeah I think it does. I don't know. I mean, and then of course the other thing is like, is it moving too quickly? You can't say that because it's just life. Like that's it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's the way it is. So why, what's the point of sitting here and saying, Oh, life moves too quickly. When... But it's, it's really odd that we have these fantasies of like the fountain of youth existing and things that allow us to slow down life. Yeah. Seems to be some, some grand want to live longer, which makes sense because that's survival of the fittest. I was thinking, like growing up you hear about all these superheroes and their powers and i was like i was i don't know why i always loved like the ice powers like frozone like Mm -hmm. freezing thing that seems so cool to me um but someone like flash i always thought was super lame like who cares like if you can go fast like all right like that's it's like oh oh all of your fights end in three seconds that sounds like a really fun comic to read like why is that a superpower um but now that i've lived and i understand the passage of time more than the child like 
flash is such an interesting concept like if you really could move that quickly how does that change your interactions with life and time and like when do you choose to not be going super fast and when do you go super fast you know what i mean and i'm yeah. i don't i don't know if Can the flash comics address this but i just thought that yeah yeah go ahead um so flash is he runs fast right that's all he does he runs fast and he like moves quickly like that's he what moves it is. It's quickly, not like yeah. he doesn't distort time quickly right he doesn't like speed up time i honestly i might sound stupid asking that no but i don't know i don't i don't think that's stupid um i think that we are too ingrained with this culture anyway so if you can preserve <laughs> a little bit of ignorance about flash that's cool um yeah i th- i'm i'm i mean i don't even know now that you mentioned I'm, I'm almost certain he does not manipulate time i think he literally just moves quickly like okay. uh the incredible kid what's his name whatever this, this yeah song. i know yeah 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 dash dash that's his dash name. which is um i don't know how very I similar that. to flash um, um what i want to say too is like imagine having that power to to be like i as soon as you talked about the flash i was thinking about imagine being able to teleport you could just go anywhere and see anything immediately and get rid of so much wasted time of getting to places. Obviously, that's not... I shouldn't say wasted time because a lot of the beauty of life is absorbing what's around you. And I think that might remove some of that in the sense of, like, taking your time to walk through a park to yeah. reach your destination. It's it's a double-edged sword, but I think a lot of people would agree, like, you get to do exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah i mean that's there's a power there i mean uh, i've been thinking about not having a commute because i'm working remotely all the time mm-hmm. so i have more time in the day because i'm not commuting mm-hmm. but i miss being in my car i miss driving i miss having a break to listen to music and listen yeah. to podcasts and just the act of driving is so cool and you get to see nature and and move you get like, to see the world, like society yeah. move around you and go about its daily life. You're not stuck in a, a square box that changes light based on what time of day it is. <laughs> I don't know. Fun. Yeah. So you, you want to try to come up with all these like lightning in a bottle solutions like, oh, if only I could do this. But then you just have a different problem anyway. So we just need to, you know, appreciate life as it is and go with the flow and be mindful. And that's all we can ask for, right? Fully agree. Fully agree. Four out of four. Brevin, final question. Oh, boy. Ready? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what it is. I really have no clue. <laughs> it was a write-in. It wasn't here, but we wrote it in. Does that make you remember? Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, no, it doesn't. But I completely forgot about that. John Marston is smart. Are you kidding me? This is really <laughs> the last question I actually wonder, I wonder if, because this is the way that they were printed out and written for the last one. Um, I wonder if I read them to you in a different order, because you, I might have ended on, like, I am a good person or something. Yeah, but, I think you did. I don't think that was the end. But yeah. that's hilarious that that's the end. <laughs> this like, is the end. hysterical. <laughs> John Marston is a smart person. That's it. Well, he's, yeah, John Marston is smart, is the whole thing. I'm trying to remember what I was saying earlier. Because <laughs> we didn't just I don't want to give it like this. a complete opposite answer. <laughs> I'm worried that's what's going to happen. And I'm leaning towards two different numbers right now. And I'm not. I'm leaning more towards one than the other. I think. You're leaning towards one? No, sorry. I meant. <laughs> I know what you mean. I was just making oh, um, I'm going to give this a four. 
Okay. Smart is like, all right, so what does smart mean to you? <sighs> wow, that's a question and a half. <laughs> I think I think our our society has a problem with this where we say like, oh, you can you can multiply numbers quickly. You're smart. It's like, no, I can just multiply numbers quickly. Like mm. that's basically all that means. That's the um, that's the trademark book smart versus like street smart. Yeah, yeah. But even I, I feel like even that is a simplification where like that's that's just separating it into two broad categories where it's not even really applicable. Like you can be smart. I don't know, man. Like, it's very clear to me that intellect is something where it's like how quickly you can process information and how mm. good your memorization is and how quickly you can perform mathematics. Yep. And that's I, not... Also, I don't expect you to give an answer to this. I just want you to think about it. That's I'm like, thinking about it. I'm All thinking right. about it a lot. <laughs> and Because not... I don't think I could give an answer. <laughs> yeah. So, I feel like... I think I am like a like a academically like some you you would probably call me academically smart, but I feel so dumb so much of the time. Mm-hmm. But does that make you smart because you can self realize that you are dumb? I'm not saying you are dumb, but like in your <laughs> mind, you can you can come to the conclusion that I am obviously don't know everything about everything. So that makes me dumb. Is like that's it's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah, I think some some smartness comes down to acknowledging your own ignorance and faults and working with them rather than assuming that you are yeah i mean that's it right like you you need to be able to understand that like if you if you look at smart people out there in the world they ask questions they rely on other people they know when to say i don't know and i think that is something that we don't really think about when we think about smart people we think about someone who you go to and they have all the answers and they're really quick with their responses and they're witty and mm-hmm. they like and that's not really real that's like the movie smart person the, the yeah smart like person. oh let me call my hacker guy on the phone he's like oh no this is a level four encryption yeah <laughs> yeah um so i think that's that about sums it up and yeah um so in that sense, in that sense, John Marston is smart. Yes. Do you still give that a four? I give it a four. I'll stick with it. It's it really, it's tough. I don't want to give him, I don't know how you're feeling right now. You haven't said what number, but like I, I had no difficulty getting rid of zero, one, and two, but I was very between three and four, but just leaning a little bit more towards four. You gave him a three last time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think in in the sense that I just described it and I wasn't even intending this to like apply to John, but in the mm-hmm. sense that I just described it, I think you have to give him a 3 or a 4. Yeah. He's pretty stubborn though. I and because of that I might give him a 3. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he saw abigail clawing at the doorway and saying do not go john and sh- mm-hmm. and he didn't even hesitate like that that brings it down to a three for me that he is so yep. steadfast in, in his beliefs but i mean i can't blame him i think that's just like the way it is um and it's very uh, i can very clearly see that like I, I would love to hear someone's argument for a two um but i if you have a three like i'm not even gonna like i totally understand yeah yeah 
Man, yeah, please write in if you that that's it for our question for our statements and ratings. So if you have heard our ratings and you completely disagree, or if you just have different opinions, maybe you have the same number but disagree anyway, um, write in to reddeadcastgmail.com. Yeah, let us hear it. It'll be right. interesting now that we have an audience for this show. Compared to like the first episode last time, there wasn't anyone to ask because it was like we didn't have people yeah. that we know listen to it. <laughs> that's true. We have a confirmed audience. So please um write in let us know and also let us know how you're doing with the first portion of red dead redemption one brevin i think we are all set as far as can i ask uh, you one more question oh wow nothing crazy let's hear it let's hear it what do you hope to get out of playing red dead one right now oh interesting it can be be a quick answer but i just i want to want to hear before we even start playing i hope to I hope to validate some of our assessments of Red Dead 2. I feel like I, well, I had a podcast about it, so I talked a lot about it. But I, a lot of times I think like I, I set I say a lot that might not really come together in reality. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how like like I, I talked a lot about Dutch in particular, and I want to I want to find out like how much of my assessment of Dutch really follows through in his actions in the first yeah. game? Cause I think I, my memory is so foggy from red dead one. I sort of made assumptions. Um, and that's what I'm interested in. I also want to have fun. I think red dead two feels so heavy that when you go into town and stuff, it doesn't feel as a fun of a game, but red mm-hmm. dead one, on the other hand, I remember that being like, yeah, I'm a cowboy. Like this is fun. I'm riding my horse around and it didn't feel as, as as i mean yeah heavy is the word like it doesn't feel like i'm picking up a tomb and turning the page over and engrossing myself in an ethical debate Mm. when i play red dead one it just feels like oh hey it's bonnie what's going on let's go Uh, hunt some rabbits you know i just remembered what i was was trying to think of a word in my in my head and i've read this comment a few times that you know i think i I don't want to completely get it wrong but red dead 2 is looked up looked at as more of like like a western movie like you know like a like a a modern western movie and then red dead one is looked at like a spaghetti western is what I oh okay i like that it's a little bit like more on the like fun side you know and like the the really being a cowboy yeah and i i distinctly remember like we when i'm in the open world and maybe who knows maybe this won't follow through but i remember like you you can sort of get away with goofing around in the open world more and it mm-hmm. feels more natural than it does in red dead 2 because in red dead 2 you're you're th- always thinking about arthur and like well maybe that's just me i'm thinking about arthur and his character and his development and yep. you know it, it makes it feel where especially post tuberculosis i'd say it makes it feel worse to engage in the world in a fun dynamic way um, that's so true i've never even thought about that yeah it's hard it's much harder to yeah yeah I'll throw it right back at you, Brevin. What are you ex- hoping to get out of Red Dead Redemption 1? I hope that, and I, I haven't read much about people's opinions of playing Red Dead 1 after 2, which I'm glad that I didn't read too much into that. Um, I hope that it comes together the way that I'm hoping it to, in the sense that it's like super cohesive and seems like they were written to mm. to work together as one, rather than being two separate stories, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hope there's no cracks in the facade where you 
you like encounter Dutch and it's like this awkward, like, oh, I'm the bad guy villain introduction. Like, I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't have that. And I don't remember it having that, but maybe now that I, I don't, played Red Dead yeah. 2, it'll seem like that. Yeah, I that's a very good point. I never, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it, but yeah. I think I, it's just funny to think that like Red Dead 2 felt like, it almost didn't feel like a video game. Like, it sounds stupid to say, but it, it didn't. It felt like a movie almost that I was playing. But like Red Dead 1, I know for sure it is going to feel like a video game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's what That's I, coming off that fun thing you were talking about. Yeah, like, I get in, like, to... <sighs> when I tell people in real life that I make a podcast, and this sort of goes to my comment before where my mom was like, oh, it sounded like you were talking about real things. <laughs> like, if I tell <laughs> someone so <laughs> um, I'm doing a podcast about a video game, that sounds so reductive. A video game, a game mm-hmm. that is in the video format, and that's that's the word that we use to describe Red Dead Redemption Two. Like, how is that even? We use the is... same word to describe Pac Man as Red Dead yeah, Redemption. Yeah, and 2. like Pong. <laughs> like, what? How are we even? Like, have we not outgrown that by now? Um, it's just funny that it doesn't have the same cultural resonance, or it 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 feels it feels so simple. So yeah. It, but at the same time, I think there is value in video games in their literal form, like to have mm-hmm. fun with something. So I, I'm I'm hoping for that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Right in with what you're looking forward to. Yeah, breaddeadcast at gmail dot com. And uh, Brevin, I think this has been an excellent. Um, reunion i don't know that might be a little dramatic we haven't been apart from that <laughs> we were long. gone for months <laughs> now we're back <laughs> but a, a fresh start let's say to yeah, our season definitely. two and i'm so excited to play red dead one this week yeah i'm very very excited to see what it looks like and hopefully i don't get turned off too much mm. <laughs> after the privilege of seeing red dead two yeah, oh, the the graphics thing. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I just want to dis- put It's going to be disappointing, in. and I'm already ready for it. <laughs> I don't know. I see. Pay attention, Brevin. I think it won't be as disappointing as you, as you feel like it will. I think, you don't think so. our minds are very good at, like, adjusting to, okay, this is the fidelity, and I will and that's immerse just myself the way it is. in it. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, let me take take note. I'm gonna. Be I'll let you know on sure. the first episode, on the second episode, after we finally play. What I, I'll get back to you on that. Your I'll, eyes I'll are gonna be what... bleeding. You're gonna be like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Really <laughs> I do had to get glasses after. I played the game. <laughs> yeah, you, you have like comically and magnified glasses in your cross side. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Brevin. I think we can call it a night. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. If you have anything to say, write into our email, reddeadcastgmail.com. Check out our Instagram. We'll post something new. It'll be interesting. Wait, we can't... Can we even do in-game screenshots? Maybe, like... I don't know, actually. I have no idea if there is... interface or something? You can. I can't. Because you're playing on an Xbox One. You can screenshot the screen. I cannot on the 360, I believe. All right, I'll see what I can do then. Yeah, you can do it, and you'll have to just edit out, like, the HUD. I think they'll they'll be... It might look awful. I don't know. <laughs> gonna be zoomed in on an already 720p picture. Check out our Instagram, guys. It might look awful. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how we're gonna do that. Oh, that's okay, funny. That's funny. Our Instagram is reddeadcast, at reddeadcast, same thing. Um, all right. 
Revan, good luck out there in the wastes, back in the boots of John Marston. You too, man. Great, man. It's been great to be back. Adios, people. Adios.